0: Congratulations, your morning just got a bit classier.
1: A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you.
2: Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com
1: today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis.
3: Alright, let's do it live on a first Friday, miracle edition of the program. How you live at threes? Oh, I'm great, brother.
4: I'm great, man. Warm. Sun kissed. Awesome. Sun-kissed. Able to do some uh, some landscaping yesterday, which is a You giant really land. are you know I love being outside. It. The girls love to help, which they call it help. Is it help? No, it's not help, but they try. Yeah. Um but just, yes, gosh, what take advantage of it. Take advantage of I am. I'm getting outside. I'm getting outside a bunch, and uh and loving every second of it. You know? We are, as Ohioans, don't you think, at, at this point in the calendar and we
3: God has blessed with some incredible days right now. Yep. Right to yep. start yep. full cold. Yes. It's been awesome. Yep. We know it's gonna end you know, and we're gonna go April it'll rain for thirty days in a row, but for right now it's no just doubt. flawless. And yeah. it is we are we are essentially someone who is starving, who has been given a very thin slice of a perfect ribeye. Yeah, and we're just crushing it. Like I yep. see people. I drove by uh, a public golf course yesterday, and there were what appeared to be eight foursomes on four different tee boxes. Yeah, like people were so excited, just to in. just go, to be outside. Like, and this is not great golf. Like, it's not. It's pretty mucky. Um, you know, I mean this, you're not getting the ball's not going to roll on the drive. I mean it's it is it's tough. It's tough sledding. This is not ideal golf conditions. Yeah. But we have we are so hungry for it cuz we've been locked in. I think you add COVID to it and you just want to be outside, yeah. you just want to do anything. Of course. Um and and we're just we're getting a little slice of that of that ribeye, that perfect yeah. ribeye right now, knowing then it'll be taken away and then we'll get the full hunk sometime in the middle of May or beginning yeah. of June, you'll get the full hunk. But for right now you're just crushing that one little slice. It's
4: right there for you. Oh, no question. And so like the landscaping I have to even so for for one, off of that, I have no desire to golf. Like when it's a nice day outside for I know, the first you've time, given it up. my first I know. thing isn't like, Oh, I'm just horny for my clubs. No, that's not it's not <laughs> happening. Um, I have no desire like for me it's like I want to get outside ride the RTV I want to sure. you know walk along the stream see if there's any mm-hmm. you know dead fish that float all this whatever just be in nature I could walk around in nature on a pass for all day rather than actually hit a ball hurt my back hurt my hips cuss <laughs> crow hop Chuck said club try to get my scuba gear to find it in the bottom of the tartan <laughs> pond all this stuff no desire to golf but I have to I have to pace myself when it comes to the landscaping because I made this mistake when I first moved back to Ohio. So when I did my landscaping in Nashville, you were putting down for one everything's pine straw because of the pine trees oh, yeah. and being close to Georgia, like their version of what Ohio is like black mulch where it's everywhere. Yeah. Everyone has black mulch and you're like my goodness, well it's inexpensive. Somewhat. Um, When you do it yourself, it's inexpensive. When you you pay a company to to do it, you know it's two hundred ninety-five dollars. We'll do it in the spring and the fall, and you know what? Why do I need it twice? Why do I need to breed mulch in the fall
0: for snow to cover
4: it? But anyway, for for that um, stuff, yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't worry. If you pay up front, it's actually four percent cheaper. What? Anyway, um, you know how that works. But in the south, it's it's all pine straw, so it's that nice red, like Augusta where you see the pine yep. straw and all the mulch beds. That's what sure. everyone's landscaping is down there. It's beautiful. It comes in bales. It comes um, in bales. You, so you go to you Home Depot. It, yeah. They have semis in the parking lots. You walk in, grab some bales. I made the mistake of doing it in the back of the Tesla one year because now I'm vacuuming Oof. out and picking out straw. You know, Anyway. Um, but you can mulch in March. You know, End of March, you can start sure. to put it down. It looks pretty. The magnolias will start to come up and pop up, and it's a beautiful scene. So when I moved back here, I did it in March. First year, we moved in this house. I'm, I'm mulching in March, and I text one of my buddies. and I'm like, "Hey, what, when do you usually mulch?" I've noticed that I'm the only cat in here with new mulch. He's like, "Dude, don't do it till May." I'm like, "Damn." Yep. So what I'm doing now, like when I say landscaping, I got the edger tool, and I've yep. already had my neighbor. Why don't you just rent one of those edgers? Because I want the workout. That's why. If I'm gonna be outside, <laughs> I want to work out, and so I'm yep. you know stick it in, boom, pop out the clay, throw it in the wheelbarrow. Um, and I have it on the trailer, and I'm about to go dump it all at the 34 in the horse pen, and yeah. uh, scraping up some of the old mulch, and then I'll let it sit until May. That's what I'll do. Yeah. I'm cutting the grasses down, putting them in the bags. That's gonna be. Tur- that's gonna turn into. Uh, are you gonna, re- uh, London, Daddy? Are you gonna recycle the grass? No, honey, I'm not. You know, this is this is fire starter. That's what fire this starter. is. Yeah. We're gonna put this at the bottom sure. of the fire pit, and we're gonna create an inferno. Okay, um, watch this burn. Yeah. So anyway. I, I, I am more savvy vet. How far are you going to go with this? I mean, how much... Is, do you
3: know limitations on your abilities? Uh, Absolutely. myself Absolutely, knowing what I can do no and what doubt. I can't.
4: No doubt. Okay. So there's this is where I wrestled with Something I'll take you inside my much. brain. Okay? Something yeah. that I'll take inside my brain. Inside my brain, about a few weeks ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it all. I'm going to do aeration. I'm going to do Oh, seating, gosh. Jeez. I'm going to do... Um, <laughs> Because I have a buddy who's uh, who's been landscaping forever, and he's like, you yeah. can do it. And I'm like, he's encouraging me. He's like, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll tell you when. The, I can text you and tell you heads. when to put stuff on the. on the." I'll, sure, yeah, you know. And then I take a step back. Like any decision, I do this with, with um, tattoos. I did this with. I thought about the damn Tesla for about four years before I actually pulled the trigger. Um, right and it took a nice little tax refund from the Rams taking way too much money um, to where I was like, oh, unbudgeted? Great, boom, gift for self. All these things, I I ruminate over ideas for a while before I ever pull the trigger on anything. And I came back, and I was like, you know what? All it takes is one day, one evening, and Remy's been pretty, I'll put it this way, Remy is colicky, Bo. Not yeah, at night, sure. so we don't have the overnight colic that we had with London. That really makes you want to get in a three-point stance, old school fullback style, uh, week lead through the drywall. Okay, that oh, is. Oh yeah, just throw yourself that, through a window. Yes, sure. Yes, um, but th- she is. She has this colicky, uh, almost neediness to where you can't put her down from like. Almost three p.m. on, and like if mm. you go to put her down to sleep, she like wakes up within twenty minutes, and so then like the only way she'll sleep is you holding her. So yeah. it's all it takes is She's one of too those young moments. To cry it out too. So yes, gonna, you yes. And so it, all you know? it takes is one of those moments to realize you can try to do all that yourself, James. You probably could, but you'll be divorced and oh, um, you're done. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll be by yourself. Um, you know, living living in a van down by the river. So I. Right. I basically, so I pull back and I say, you know what, I'm going to pay somebody to do all the fertilizing and um, all the natural fertilizing. Of course, we do natural. Like I always love how it's like, keep dogs and kids off this for 24 hours. If you have to put that on the the sign that the chemicals can't be touched for that long, that's not that's not I'm not doing it. So anyway, good ideal. nature. Good nature, Columbus. They use all natural um, stuff. Anyway, all organic stuff. And so <laughs> I, I. I realize I can't do all this. I can't no. do all this. No, so you can't. I, I'll, I'll reframe that. I can do all this, but it's not worth the divorce um, attorney, the papers, all of that stuff. It never seeing your children. Yeah, I mean, never seeing your kids. Things, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, your negligence would be, of brought up in a court. So that's law, how I, I know sure. my limitations. It's just, it's weighing. I know I could do it, and maybe eventually. This is what Shelley always says to me. She always says. You can do all this when the kids don't want to be around, like yeah. when they're in high school. Like everyone that you compare when yourself to, they don't to, like, like you, right? I'm like, look at my neighbors; they're doing it all themselves. I'm like, their three girls are all middle school or older; they yeah. want to be away, so that's why he's finding something to do. I'm like, oh, that's a good point. That's where
3: I am with golf. Is uh, and I love golfing with the boys, but I'm kind of acknowledging I'm never going to be good, and and if I ever have a chance to even be average, it'll be after the boys hate me. So yeah. I'm banking on that time when they're. Ages 12 to 16, mm-hmm. when they yeah. had no interest in hanging out with me, maybe mm-hmm. that'll be the time when I will actually be able to play. Um, right now I go with them as much as I can, but that is what it is. But it's, you know, you can't really go at this point. So that's what I'm hoping for. It's like for, trying to, to do yard then. work. Like, oh, I'll yeah, have the kids help thing. me. And then it ends See, up, I don't feel, I don't feel the enthusiasm for yard work that you do. Maybe yeah, because no. I, I got my fill. Uh, growing up yeah. of of those type of activities, and of course, and you and did. they were called chores. Yeah. That's what they were called. I don't know if kids nowadays have chores. Did you have but, an allowance? I had chores <laughs> An allowance. Good Thank Lord, you. No, I'm glad you no, had I that have my response. All my friends had kidding? allowances. My I had Dad, things I had to do. This is your uh, work. You bro. live here. These are your jobs.
4: I'm Good with luck. You. That's I'm with what you. I did. I never, yeah. I never had an allowance. Um, yeah, no, they was- never probably because my parents didn't know how to handle money themselves so that's that's something um, I'm glad <laughs> they weren't going to teach me much anyway um, but I will say man I see these kids with allowances like oh I, get an, I give them allowance for doing for no. what doing what he's supposed to do picking up after himself no way did I have an allowance I told you no, an, animal was... throwing the hundred pound freaking plate on the lawnmower Go, my dad you yeah. know Grant across the street gets an allowance for mowing the grass you know what he said to me well oh, that's good like, well, can I get an allowance? <laughs> no. Why? Because I didn't have an allowance going, oh, okay. No. All right. Right. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad that you no. were the same way. I never had No, allowance. The, no, no, no
3: allowance. Uh, I can't imagine even me. You want money, go get a job. Broaching, okay.
4: Broaching that topic
3: with at my Dick's father. Sporting
4: Goods for about 3 yeah. months.
3: Give you an idea, the first gig I had, my dad, I I had always worked on the farm and my dad I was out of my out of high school. It was right after my senior year of high school, and my dad kind of felt that I'd had it too easy on the farm. You know, the yeah. farm work was too easy, and some of it is. I'm not gonna act like it's all hard, but plenty of it isn't. And and, he, and so he had a buddy who got me a job, and I was I was a welder, and I, I worked like story. four four a.m. Yes. to noon. Yeah, for it was crazy. I would have, I would weld. They were building, pick, you know, truck bodies and stuff, and I was a welder. It was the worst job of all time. Thank God, I, and this is an, I got, I got a got true story. I got mono, and I had to, I got to quit it, and that's the only thing that saved me. Otherwise, I was in because with him, the only I couldn't stop until college, so I was going to be in it all summer. No social yeah. life. It was the worst. It was the worst thing ever. Mono literally saved me. So yeah, that's that's the way that uh, the Marlboro Man went when it when it came to. Uh, to allowances, yes, it's amazing. You know the one thing we've done, here, which is wonderful, is we've avoided talking about the Blue Jackets. That's exactly what I wanted to do. That was my whole goal. Which is which what there. I wanted to do too. It's my whole goal. <laughs>
4: Why would I want? To, I mean,
3: boy, if, 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 if without Corpy, is it like is it eight to two? I mean, buddy, how many honestly. how many saves? I mean, it would have been five nothing, four nothing five. I mean, he stood on his head.
4: I, Bro, I don't there's, know. There's like, literally two big huge make, problems here. There's two of the best saves of the season in all of hockey. In yeah. one game. And this thing could have been way worse. Way worse. Delzado's goal was sick. That was nice. Nice little play. Nice little yeah. feed. Um, I, you could see that kind of coming together as a nice little uh, catch of the pass backhand real quick. But look, these things are all beautiful. All right? That was beautiful. But Corpy, beautiful. The rest of it, trash. I don't know. I'm just... I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because for Do me... Do we have yeah. a right to be? Yes, because we were led by this organization to... Look, if you're okay, you want to be. You want to grow the the sport of hockey in in Ohio. You want to grow anything in Ohio. You're compared to Ohio State football because that's your warm blanket. And what you have right now with the Jackets is fans who have jumped on the bandwagon or have come along and new hockey fans because of that run with Tampa are starting to get to the point where it's like, all right, well at least we got spring ball to look forward to maybe. And yeah, and. You're, you're expecting this kind of excellence. And you've gotten really successful play out of the Jackets. Really good play. The building of this organization awesome. has been awesome. So we can't ignore yep. it. I'm not ignoring that. And But when you beat Tampa and you're putting out quotes and shirts that winning around is not the goal, you are elevating the fan yep. base's expectations for success around here to where playoffs isn't enough anymore, which is great. That's what you want. You don't want to have it be like, oh, yay, we we're celebrating a playoff berth, and you know who's going to have the same thing happening to them? is up in Cleveland with the Browns to where it's like we're not going to be doing parades and celebrations. It's the first time in so long we made the playoffs. No, now it's – this is guys, this is the expectation. Yeah. And it's one thing to say it over and over and over and over, but then when everyone starts harping on you because you haven't reached that next step, now you can't pull back and be like, well, guys, hold on a second. No, this is what you've been preaching to us. That this is the not difference the
3: difference between the two is the the one is a 75 year franchise with yes. the most diehard fan base in the world, and the other is a 20 year old franchise. Yes, and that's the biggest difference. Is the, absolutely the Browns but it still is. able to? No, you're right. You're, you're at the expectation part is right. Um, the 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 thing that the Blue Jackets have to, have been trying to build for two decades now, though, is right. And there is an incredible
4: diehard rabid. I know what fan you're saying base. yes. No matter what, Browns and will have the support. They'll be there. They're not the going jackets anywhere are, because are they got in a. Are yeah. in an area to where it's seriously people who are like a perfect sports season There's for a, Ohio people is Buckeyes are rolling, the basketball hoops team gets you excited about March Madness, right? You get excited about the Big Ten tourney and March Madness, you kind of your attention flips from okay, football, football, football. Oh, what are the basketball bucks doing? What are the jackets doing? And then by the time you get to this point, you're thinking, all right, are we making a playoff run for the jacket? Yes, I'm gonna have local sports to pay attention to and root for. And in, in a normal world, gather with neighbors and friends to watch the parties, have a few drinks, sure. a few eats, and watch and, and enjoy local sports. And what you're getting close to now with the team losing four in a row in the, the basketball bucks, and then now you have the Jackets who are really, I mean, I, I don't want to say it yet, but they're close to just accepting the the fact that they How won't long? be a postseason team. How long can we keep yeah. the hope alive? How long can we keep that alive? You know, and when you pass, get to that probably, point, that it really to gets start. to, okay, I guess we have spring ball. I guess we can talk yeah. about who the linebacker is going to be. What you get excited about in a normal year, but what the Jackets have given you the last few years is a damn exciting thing to carry you into May. Because when you make a playoff run, you're talking about May. And if you can get to the ultimate yeah. dance, it's June. And we just don't, we've been stripped of that so far this year. It's not looking great. And that is, but yes, Bo, I think we do, we can be disappointed that because we've been preached from the front office to us that it hasn't you know what i mean it hasn't been like a hey look you know we're we're just looking well they 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 expect like as a fan base of a jacket fan you should expect playoffs and then some that's what they've been preaching well, to Well, the last anyway. part
3: is what I'm interested in, and that's what I want to get into next, because you and I always set an expectation for a franchise before we start talking about them in a given year. We do it with the Buckeyes, do it with the Jackets, do it with everybody, do it with the Browns, Bengals, everybody. So that, that's something I want to get into coming up next. You're going to hear from John Tortorella. Our good buddy Greg Wyshynski from uh, ESPN is going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour, do some Bengals with Ben Baby. Just, a, I think, a borderline catastrophic day for the Bengals yesterday without using the franchise tags. I was stunned they didn't do it, um, and, and so we'll, we'll get into that with him a little bit Potentially, what it could mean for the Browns going forward is I know they had their eyes on one of the guys the Bengals did not franchise. We have our Hey Guys segment at ten o'clock. Get those questions in via Twitter. Um, uh, literally, can ask us anything, and we'll answer them as long as the FCC will allow it. Often running here on a first Friday. Miracle Bishop and Knight is right here in the fan.
1: If you miss a Buckeye game, it's because your radio is in tune to the right place. Always and forever, your home for the Buckeyes. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Well-dressed, well-spoken, but never, ever a well-drink. but chaos? Insanity. Absolute insanity. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And
4: you need to get over to Jermaine Toyota because I tell you what, they have amazing deals on their Highlander. Which I tell you, man, I did not know how nice the Highlander was until they had me drive one last year. And then I was, then I started searching them out when I go and rent cars. You know, when I'm on the road, I just search out this thing. You can get an amazing LE version of their Highlander, three twenty two per month, thirty six months. Or if you want their Camry, which is also a win, two fifteen per month for thirty six months. All those are good for those that qualify. However, it excludes tax title and fees. Go east of our beautiful downtown, especially on a daylight like today. Sixty eight degrees is the high. Go over there and give Buddy a fist or an elbow bump, whatever you want to do. Chest bump if you want. Wear your mask though. Tell him that James sent you. So
3: we we try to do this. You try to be fair with an expectation. And I remember when we'd start talking about this season for the Jackets, you should make the playoffs, be in the mix. Right, that that was the expectation. Anything less than that would not be sufficient. Yep. Um, you said you said something in the last segment, though, that I think that the organization was certainly hopeful for coming out of that series win over Tampa Bay, and that was the first round. Isn't enough, right? It was building off of it, but here, if you look at what's happened since then, and it's plain as day, and it's there for the roster to for you to see. Yeah. Panarin, mm. not here. Bobrovsky. Not here. Josh Anderson, not here. Pierre Luc Dubois, not here. Even glue guys like Murray and Wenberg, not here. Right? Mm-hmm. So none of that's here. And you've heard Yarmo last week when when discussing you know the Pierre Luc Dubois situation and basically saying how hard it is to find a number one centerman. And it's something yes. the organization has struggled with you know, struggled putting one next to Rick Nash. Never really could do it. Uh, tried getting you know Jeff Carter in here to do it. Tried getting other people in here to do it. Never took. Never took. There was you. You finally land Ryan Johansson. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Yeah, and you say, okay, well now we got a guy. Joey's our guy. He, this is our guy. But you trade him for Seth, and okay, that works. And then you draft one in Pierre Luc Dubois, and then he's not happy, and he's gone, and it's that's tough to overcome. And this roster is currently constructed and you think about the Domi Anderson deal, yep. right? Yep. You think about the Line A Pierre Luc Dubois deal and Line. Gosh is struggling did Domi right need now. that
4: gift, didn't he, last night? Sure. He had that right on the doorstep yeah. and just. He has not finish. been able to find his He just gosh, he needed it. I wanted it for no. him. I wanted it for sure, him. Sure, you and feel like one thing could change it. And when you've been there, like look, huh. we've all been there when you are maybe not at the level obviously of max but we've all been yeah. an athlete at some point in our lives to where we wanted so bad to perform for our team and you know you have something in you but for some whatever reason it's just it's not clicking i've been there and it's so frustrating because you want to help your guys you know like ugh, it's just i feel i feel frustrated for him to be honest, because that was one where it's like, even if you just put like a gift, like one of those gifts right there, boom, put it in and you're like, Oh, what, what that could do for your psyche. Just have you take a deep breath. But, um, yeah, I think the, the expectation has been that, you know, back at a couple of years ago when they make, they made the playoffs a couple years in a row, you're like, okay, this is good. You know, we're, we're building mm-hmm. something and then you'd lose in the first round. And that's why sweeping the lightning it came out of nowhere. And you were like, "Holy smokes!" Like you wanted to ride that wave, and you had an opportunity against Boston, and you didn't didn't kind of come up with it. But that was that was your opportunity to ride the wave that Nashville Road a couple of years earlier, to where you captivated, yeah, have a long a, run, a long run, and it sticks. Um, and I think the I think Yarmo felt that you know heading into the Boston. St- that's why you know everyone, everyone's celebrating. He comes out and says those comments. But how that's not the goal, it's because you kind of felt that you didn't want that to be the parade, right? You didn't want people yeah. going down, you know, downtown Columbus parading for a first-round win. It's a, Hold on a second. Not only is he speaking to the fan base, he's speaking to his guys. Like, this is not the yes. goal. And it, he's dead right on that. So now we've come to expect, like, I struggle with how to view last year in the bubble. Because so technically strange, we yeah. weren't in the playoffs. But since they allowed it to expand... Did we technically win a series? I okay, if you want to view it that way as like, look, it is what it is, it's a unique year. Sure. Well then we were in the playoffs and we won a series. And so that okay, that was good, but then you lost. Alright, so let's try to that's we've had that for a couple of years in a row now. Now let's do that again. And the problem
3: is is the, the people that were instrumental in those yes. magical times aren't here. Yes. Yeah. Many of, of them. Of course. Yeah. And so that's the thing that's changed is mm-hmm. that you try to, now you, and I think it's a question for the off season. It's a question for the franchise has to ask itself. Like, how does Pierre-Luc Dubois not want to, what happened?
4: Right. Well,
3: that's, that's one of the
4: biggest things that we're going to have to try to figure out is what happened. How exactly. Did, how did this, yes.
3: yeah, how, how did that happen? How did, how did these things happen? Like, you can't help it if Panarin wants to play at Madison Square Garden. Yes, like, there's nothing you can do. Like he's he, he was awesome when he was here. He
4: clearly gave everything he but that had. Gives, he me he awesome. that gives me closure. It gives me closure. I gone. don't know what happened with PLD. That's why I want to know. Give me closure. Correct. If you yeah. leave me, but all of honey, these tell me why. That were t- all these these
3: players we're talking about when when you were coming off of the Tampa sweep, you're saying this is the foundation yeah. of a long sustained run. And you brought up the Browns one, and it's a good one, because think of it right now. The Browns, you look at the young players on their team, the expectation is they will all grow together. Yes. And so the magic of winning 12 games last year and beating Pittsburgh in a playoff game, all that stuff, it's reasonable to believe that you can build off of that over the next four or five years, because none of them are going anywhere in terms of their key players. That didn't happen here. The key players aren't here. Yep. So you're trying to stay relevant on the fly, and you ask the question: Are we closer to being a contender or a, a rebuild? Mm. And right now, I feel like you're probably the second.
4: What? What you're is probably, It's me, probably the latter. You're closer yeah. to a rebuild than you are being a contender. I don't think we're a true rebuild. I think the way to word it, maybe Bo, is: What have we been saying all year with the squad? They don't have an identity anymore. They were the team the last two years that teams looked at and said, "You know what? They're not. J- Big, jackets physical. aren't gonna. They're not yeah. gonna outskill us, guys. Like if we can get this game spread out, right, and we can get it being an offensive skill game, we can we can beat the jackets. All right. They might have a game or two where their goalie stands on their head. They have really good goaltending. They have good defense. But if we can get them out of their game, we can we can skate we can skate around them. And but." they're not going to let us get there easily because they're going to make it sloppy, they're going to be physical, and there's going to be... So teams looked at the Jackets and were like, man, that's a that's a full day. If it was ever a day where you were feeling sorry for yourself as a hockey player and you're like, man, I'm tired, I just kind of want to get through this game, the Jackets were going to wear you out because you couldn't you couldn't coast through them, right? They were going to be yeah. an, an all-night affair. And we aren't that team anymore. And so as Torts has said himself, they're a tweener, And so while it might not be a full rebuild, you have to decide mid-season. You can't do it now. This is an off-season conversation. You say to yourself, okay, what are we and what do we want to be? Because we have some guys that do not fit if we want to be open and flowing and an offensive team. And if you want to be a big physical team, then there are some guys on this roster that do not fit. And they might have nice names, but they don't fit that style. So what are we going to be because you're half and half right now? So it's not a total rebuild, but it's a it's it's a it's a it's a I don't know it's a it's a partial. You're doing a remodel of a master bath. Yeah, and here's the
3: problem though: is the only way to rebuild this is through the draft because you're not going right. to be in free agency.
4: It's not going to happen. I got numerous so texts last have- night saying, "Better start looking at the prospects."
3: Yeah, yeah. So I have, the have to build through to the, the
4: prospects. Th- through, yeah,
3: through that which Yarmo's great at. He's a great drafter, great at building through the system. But they're gonna, he's going to have to get some stars to come up through the system to play in that way. Uh, through it all, John Tortorella uh, spoke last night after the game about trying to be
5: optimistic. Here was Coach Torts.
2: We gave them 10 scoring chances in the second period,
5: and it's an easy fix. It's just a little bit of commitment and allow ourselves to play with the confidence we had with the puck tonight. Then I think we're heading down the right row.
3: Yeah, the road's just getting shorter. Is the reality the, the road is just getting shorter by the day, and the hole that you're digging is is bigger and bigger? And I just don't know if there's the if the guys are on this team to pull you out of it. It's kind of where I'm at with it because it's the same story over and over. Um, and, and we'll see. So this a little bit of a sobering stuff. We'll have more on this with Greg Wyschinski coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. NFL franchise tags handed out yesterday. What does it mean for your local teams and the NFL at large? We hit that coming up next. Bishop and is right here on the fan. All Buckeyes.
1: All Buckeyes. All the time, the Buckeye Show.
2: Weeknights at six.
1: Your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. <laughs> It's Bishop and Is What's Up. What's up, man? So for Chew.
2: Sponsored by your Central Ohio
3: Honda dealers. All right, here's what's up on a first Friday. How about a salary cap of 182.5? Mm. Adam Schefter reporting it as a done deal, and so the NFL cap is going to be, this is an incredible win for owners, despite getting all the new TV money, and the NFL owners always win. Um, it's down 16 million? Mm. Down from 198 in 2019, it was 188. It's 182, and the new television revenue will be involved. I mean, they they're going to win. Pretty, <laughs> the owner's going to win pretty big here on this one. I can't imagine the union is. That's a bad spot. It's a real. That's a tough spot. I mean, a lot. Of, I know that a lot of people in the union wanted thought that it would. They'd be a little bit of a meet in the middle. There doesn't appear to be. This is right near what you thought what
4: the salary cap floor was. Like Marin Morris, meet me in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> please tell me you know that Jeez. song. You don't know that. song. I don't either. know. I don't know Come that song. On. Yes, you do. Well, maybe I know it. I Baby, don't know the why artist. You just meet me in the middle. Come okay, on. maybe. No, yeah. you don't know it. You gotta listen to it during the break then. I feel okay. like I know the song. I just don't know that artist. I bet I know it if I heard the song. <sighs> she is countryish. She's country, starting country, you know. But like most country people, they kind of blend like country pop country. And pop. country. Um, she's, she's bubblegum great. country. No, she's great. Like, I know country. it because my girls are obsessed, and by girls, I mean all of them all of them all <laughs> four all, okay. even Remy loves it so yeah. anyway yeah. yes I, I thought that it would be a little bit look this is this is the same old story yep yeah. nfl wins yep owners win the nfl has such a stronghold over the pa um they are the owners are so unified that's why is that the ownership group is the most unified ownership group in all of sports no doubt they've had they've had it set up this way for as long as you can remember like free agency was a massive win for the players that's a, I mean massive win back with reggie white right that was the first time where i was like whoo big win since then you're like okay there's been little things here and there but every time that like the pa tries to used to be one of my favorite things when the pa used to come around and um you don't see some of these guys very much, right? You have your own team rep, but then like during training camp, they come around for one meeting. No coaches are in there as if like they're part of the shield, and it's just them and you. And you're hearing about all the bad things the NFL is going to do. And here's a—I remember when the 11 CBA was. It's my rookie year. That's still two years away, and they're like, "We need to start saving now." And this is this huge fear thing. And I'm like, "Okay, sure," um, you know. And so then anyway. You go through, and then when the CBA does happen, they go through all the things you won. You're like, okay, now can you can we get to the slide on where we lost? Right, because like no one wants to talk about that. It's like the draft, you know. It's how these CBAs end up turning. Up. It's like the draft. Oh man, we are pumped. He was there. Gosh, he was there. Oh, uh, cannot believe this guy. Like the Titans last year, they're probably th- oh we got Isaiah. Well, yes, got our man. Like, hold on, is that really who you wanted? Yeah. You know, like, it's all just a PR spin on it all. And the owners, uh, ultimately, have been on the same page. And they're willing to give up some... And look, players have got... Look, the fact that we have a safer game is huge. Uh, But some of the stuff that guys have tried to fight for, meaning if you're a vested player getting health insurance for life, hasn't even been sniffed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just... Just think about the little, the things that you would think would be common sense, guaranteed. I mean, I mean, look, if you think about NFL, right? There's two issues that always come up with fans. Guaranteed contracts for the most physical, violent sport out there. No. That's a non-starter if you try to talk to NFL people about it, right? Well, and that's
3: why, and really, you can stop there because that's why the owners have all the power. Yes. Because if you're J.C. Treader and you're the union president and you're trying to represent, how do you represent Patrick Mahomes? And the, yeah. a practice squad guy.
4: It's hard. Like those, three those are
3: That's the other not thing the same. too, right? It, it, how do you, how do you, how do, because you, your job is to represent all of them, but there's no bigger discrepancy in yeah. any professional sport than the NFL in the haves and have-nots. There's no difference. Yeah. It's the biggest difference. There's nothing else that's really close. So because of that. Although Mike Trump's
4: contract to the you know relief pitcher making eight million a year is still a giant difference. It's just there's no salary cap.
3: But you're doing real well at eight million a year guaranteed as a relief pitcher. Of course, it's a lot better than the four hundred
4: thousand you know league men. You know. Well,
3: but even the practice squad guys that you're trying to represent. Right. Right. That are making a weekly salary like those guys. How do you how do you represent those guys and Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how's that they're they're on the same team. There's no bigger discrepancy. They're just – than than that. It's just – and so because there's no guaranteed money, the NFL kind of can do what it wants, and and this cap low is – this is – I think what you will see is a lot of one-year deals. I think there was optimism that this cap would be higher and that there would be a little more, but with it coming in at 185, as Schefter's reporting, and if he's reporting it, it's true. If that's the case, I think you're going to see a lot of one-year deals. and let's get right back out there next year when the cap jumps with the new TV Mm -hmm. money.
4: That's the way it's going to have to
3: be. Now, there are some teams that did some absolutely puzzling things, some of them very close to us. We will get to that coming up next.
1: Uh, Bishop and Lorne is right here on The Fan. Keeping you entertained with our vast selection of hot takes and play-by-play for over 25 years. Proud to be your home of the Buckeyes, The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Two guys who love to see it. This is Bishop and Laurenitis, And our guy
3: Timmy all hosting the Mad About Hoops Bracket Party. It's streaming live on Sunday 7 9, 971thefan.com. Join Timmy as he chats with your favorite fan personalities and mocks their brackets. It's all sponsored by Pepsi Zero and Monogram Homes. It's live, uncensored, and only on 971thefan.com. That is this Sunday. My bracket's going to be close your eyes and just flip a coin. I've never won one. And no, there was a time, there was a time, probably a fifteen-year period where, uh, go, going back through high school, I, I'm not quite as uh, the follower of the college hoops as I was then, other than Ohio State, um, but where it was my favorite sport, I devoured it. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I never have never won one, never won a bracket. So we'll see. We shall see. Well, um, I'm
4: sure as hell haven't won one. Can you, you tell
3: me, sir, uh, what in the blue heck the Detroit Lions are doing? Um. No, I have no idea. They're just deciding so, we're just going to let people walk. So they don't franchise Galladay. Yeah, really, really set up the, Jared Goff. Amandola's is not there. They have they have nobody right now for Jared Goff to throw to other than yeah. Swift out of the backfield. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like it. It appears to me, and you heard their general manager last week say we're not we're not done looking at quarterbacks after Goff said it's good to be someplace I'm wanted. Well, I'm not sure that he is. Like,
4: is it possible that they would flip him? You never see that in the NFL. Not usually. Not usually. Um, but these are these are weird times, aren't they? Yeah. Like, could you flip him to New England? New England's behaving as if they know
3: they have another quarterback coming in. That's true. Um, I don't even know if you could do it financially. I know New England has a lot of cap space, but I don't know if you could even do it or if there'd be an interest. But... Uh, I was trying to th- because the way the Lions are behaving since acquiring Goff, it appears to me that they're trying to tank. Yeah,
4: yeah, you know, get bad. Yeah, solid. A lot of guys. solid. You trade for yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I was talking about this conversation with uh, I believe Chops last week, and I was talking about how it's it's just silly to do these free agent lists. You know that people yeah. were dropping. Two weeks ago, about you know top hundred and one free, I'm like you are sure. gonna have to update the damn thing. Like, wait till the franchise tag comes, because then you'll know who's free, who's not, and who. And then you get these cuts, you know, or not. Some of them are cuts; they're just. I would say, you tell me, is it more so more than you thought? People that weren't tagged, I was well, surprised at how I, mean, I felt, felt like yesterday there was more I push notification Henry for Henry guys not getting tagged,
3: yeah, than getting tagged. You, I mean, weren't you shocked Hunter Henry wasn't tagged?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I
3: was. You know? I mean, you have Justin Herbert. Like, you say, okay, like, we got, we're onto something here. Let's continue to give him a guy. And everybody's, is fast tracking Henry to New England because they have cap space. Yeah. But, and they've already made the trade with, with the Raiders to get, help on the offensive line and you say, okay, yep. well this looks like a team that's ready to go for it. I'm sure they're supremely motivated to go for it, but they're behaving as if they know that they're getting another quarterback. Right. And I don't think it's anybody on their roster from last year. So who is that? Is that Jimmy G? Is he come is he getting out of San Francisco? Do they know that? Yeah. That's what led me think to Goff because what the what the Lions have done with Goff, that does that is not putting someone in a position to succeed. In any way. No, so, What's the point of it all? I know. Uh, I think the big winners yesterday were the Buccaneers. They get Levante David, who everybody thought was going to hit free agency, get him to re-sign on a $10.5 million a year deal, on a yep. two-year deal, yep. which is theft. He would have made more than that on the open market, but he's yep. been there a long time. He's one of their all-time greats. Hmm. They franchise Godwin. Have you Godwin. seen
4: his stats? Like, through the first eight seasons, he's the only player besides Ray Lewis to have 1,000 tackles, um, I think. 10 sacks, 20 picks maybe or maybe it's vice versa. I got to find it now. I retweeted it. He is he is somebody who played on a lot of
3: bad teams and people didn't realize how good he was. Mhm. But anytime you talked and I remember we I can't remember if we had John Ledyard on or Jen Elaine, somebody down there from Tampa and and they spoke about Levante David and the way that the Buccaneers view him and they view yep. the Buccaneers and their fans view him as someone who will have a statue outside the stadium. Right. So, and someone who just Sometimes if you play on a
4: team that loses, I've lo- I've you don't loved get him attention. Since, yeah, I've loved him since. Uh, gosh, I've loved him since Nebraska. He was all over the I'll field at for Nebraska. First,
3: yeah, he was the first Big Ten media days for Nebraska. They sent him and Jared Crick.
4: And I went okay. Yeah, so he's only two players in NFL history have a thousand tackles, twenty sacks, and ten picks through the first eight seasons. It's Levante and Ray. Yeah,
3: but it took a Super Bowl. It took Tom Brady for everybody mm. to realize how good he was. So he does them a huge favor. They still have to get Shaq Barrett signed, but now they're able to worry only about that cuz they've got Godwin on the franchise and they've got uh they got Levante David locked up. So they can mm. go focus on Shaq Barrett. That's that'll be their focus. Mm. And it's going to be that that is a situation and Miami's a situation where stability, no state tax, people want to live in the sun. Those places are going to—they have the potential. We've seen it with Arizona too. I mean, just a hint of Kyler Murray being good, and people JJ Watt chose to go there. Yep. So those yep. are places where they've never really been hot spots because they've been so incompetently run. But if they're properly run, they can be real options for team for, for players in a hurry. They really can. So I—I I mean, at, at the when you think about that cap and remember this. This is only 7 million I, and this is just happening within the last 20 minutes or so. The NFL salary cap $82.5. Yeah. That's only 7 million more than the negotiated floor of 175 that was negotiated last year.
4: Mm. So, you know, a lot of short it, deals. A lot of short um, deals coming and a lot and, and what you're going to get because of that, Bo, you're going to get a lot of bargain deals for really smart, good productive vets yeah because they've got some of these guys who are getting released and i feel bad for them because i think in a normal non-covid year where the cap is increasing right They they would have gotten a lot more just terrible timing obviously with what's going on but there's gonna be some vets that you're gonna get on a pretty good bargain for a year at least yeah
3: Yep, and that'll be where Andrew Barry ought to be able to make a little bit of hay up in Cleveland. Yeah. We'll get into the Bengals side of things and what they didn't do coming up. Coming up mm. next, we hit. Hey guys, get your questions yes. in hashtag. Hey guys, anything is on the table. Uh, we will answer them. Uh, you want bourbon selections? We can do that. Landscaping tips from threes? You can do that. How to build a home tips. ice rink? I'm just although trying to survive. We're probably. Over here. <laughs> probably well, that's true as well. We'll hit all of that. Uh, Your Buckeye football questions, you want those too. We can take care of it. Hit us up, hashtag HeyGuys, at BLS971 on the Twitter. Uh, We'll take care of you with that. That's coming up next. Then Ben Baby at the bottom of the hour on the Bengals, what they didn't do, what they're trying to do. That's all coming up in the second hour here on a First Friday Miracle. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
1: Open early for all your sports discussion needs. Now back to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Boy, you can talk all you want about the Jackets,
3: but that uh, line from Shark hits home, doesn't it? 27 games, 10 wins. Mm. I mean, that's, that's where it, it is. In perspective. Yeah. We can look Not at points. We can look at all that stuff. Yeah. It's points, the, games, the games back, in games, games
4: in hand. Uh, well, no.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah that's tough. Mm-hmm. Tough sledding. A uh, little, little bit of pure joy on a First Friday Miracle. Time for Hey Guys, hit a chopper.
1: Nothing is off limits. Your participation is required. Just use the hashtag, hey guys, and ask Bishop and Laurenitis anything you want. Do it
5: now. All right, and we are going to do it now. So we're going to start here with a question from Alex. Hey guys, wife is going on vacation this weekend, and I'm home alone with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. How do I survive? Hashtag send help. Holy cow! And that okay. is a tough age.
4: Here's the my wife first is going advice: on vaca-
3: yes. multiple days.
4: Wow, strong! That's I've it. been first here. First
3: of all, good job out of you on the trust. The wife trusts you.
4: Yes, that's a win. Second, here's my only advice. I don't know how you survive. It, it, I'll put it this way: whatever you do, though, even if things are burning down, right? You got the you got the <laughs> you got the gas grill on. It's on fire. You have two kids crying. Do not reach out to your wife on vacation great point. as if this is the end of the like don't do it don't do it Like even yesterday when shelly goes for a run and she's like how's remy fine so i put back she's fine great. she was screaming crying miserable yeah. but i know that if i say she's awful you know whatever it's gonna be this whole thing see i knew i shouldn't have went running i knew i couldn't do anything for my you know yeah. don't go down that path don't go down no, that
3: path that's good that's very sound advice the other thing I would say is, you, if you're talking about multiple, you are talking about a Friday night, a Saturday night, and probably a Sunday return. What I would say is going to be really critical for you is to is to sync up their schedules. And I'm sure you've already done that as a great father that you are. Sync up their schedules, mm-hmm. and in those moments where you have you time, live, brother. Even if it's an hour, Absolutely. whether it's sleep, cocktail, Madden, whatever. There's, there's going to be some moments that you have to sync up some you time. Yep. No that's question. That's survival. One and no three. Question. That's survival. That's all yep. that is. Yep. There's no joy.
5: <laughs> Russell says, hey, guys, planning a wedding at the moment. What's more balling at the reception, a hand-rolled cigar lounge or Ooh. a Don Julio bar?
4: Okay. I'm going, so, i I'm not a cigar guy. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, look, if you're A.J. Hawk, who smokes about six cigars a day, it seems like whenever I look at one of Pat McAfee's things, A.J.'s always in his little (laughs) lab smoking a cigar. But um, although that would be interesting, you know, maybe it makes you feel like a boss rolling one up. I don't know. This is tough for me, man. I, I think there's a clear answer here. You have a couple of things to
3: consider. Number one, a handmade roll of cigar situation is going to be time consuming. True. Right. You're going to have to go over there. You're going to pick it. Most of the people that are going to be at your wedding don't have the first clue on what to do with a cigar, what one's good, what one's bad. They're not going to have any idea. So that's going to be time-consuming. Second of all, if it's an indoor situation, you're not going to be able to smoke them in there anyway. So you're going to have people walking around waiting for cigars, can't smoke them, going to have yeah. to go outside. That's going to piss off your wife because you be, where are all the, all the guys? Why is anybody dancing? Oh, they're outside smoking <laughs> cigars. So that's a loss. Uh, the third reason it's a loss is breath. You're going to want to take part of this because you're the husband. And now you've smoked a cigar and you're going to want to kiss your wife later at night. You think she's going to want cigar in her mouth later at night? No, of course not. Beyond that, the next morning, you're not going to get that out of your mouth. That's going to be there the next day, which is why cigars never took for me. On the other end, a Don Julio bar? Come on. Let's go. Not only is it a fantastic in any sort of a shot situation, it's fantastic as a cocktail. Think of all the things you could make. Paloma, Margaritas. On the rocks with two limes. It's Don Julio Barr by 100 miles,
5: man. I love it. I love it. Josh has the next one. Hey, guys, what is one player from that team up north on each side of the ball you would have loved to have seen in a Buckeye uniform? Mm. All That's time? All time. I
3: mean, you, you you go to the Ohioans, right? You go to Desmond and you go to Chuck Woodson.
4: Those are the two that yep.
1: jump out. Charles. I mean, Charles it, it, was
4: the first one that popped in my head. If either of those guys are Buckeyes... I'm going to do someone else, though. Know. Since you're taking Charles, I'm doing someone else. Go ahead. Devin Bush. Yeah. I would have loved dude. to just have... Because he was just a dude at LB, and with our LB tradition here, uh, would have just absolutely loved him in the Scarlet and Gray. Can you imagine him in like a single digit, just running in the middle, just laying fools out? Uh, yeah. Would have absolutely loved it. I think... Jabril with,
3: uh, with why am I, Malik Hooker would have been fun to have them oh, both safety safety would have been awesome. And I think Jabril gets a little bit, he gets a lot of bat. He's a really good player. He's a really yeah. good player. Uh, he wasn't, you know, shouldn't have been a high. What Heism about Finals Braylon Edwards? Talk. Yeah. I'll give you a more recent one, too, Donovan Peoples Jones. Because yeah. if he were allowed to be cultivated under Brian Hartline, he's a second round pick at worst. Yeah. With the physical, oh gosh, tools yeah! He has. If you let Mickey Moratti mold that yeah. body, let, how about that let, rhyme, you let like that? body by Mick. Just I happened. did like that. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are some that jump out, and they're the the recent ones are interesting. That the how different is the narrative around John Cooper if Desmond Howard's a Buckeye, and yep. if uh, Charles Woodson's a Buckeye.
4: Yep, absolutely, both Ohioans. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. That's good. That's Selfishly, just, good friend, just friend, just friend, the friend wise. I Jake Long. Just because yeah. it would, it, our friendship would even be even deeper. Number one overall pick, left tackle. Yeah, yeah. that would have been nice just because then we could be even deeper. Like Jake and I are really good friends. We like talked yesterday for about a half yeah. hour. But, you know, you, you can only go so far before, you know, the awkward conversation comes up. So your basketball <laughs> team's good. <laughs> he goes, He goes. yeah, and I guess women's gymnastics is doing well. I had it on for Juliet the other night. I was like, right. God bless him. <laughs> Got to change the barometer a little bit. No doubt,
1: it.
5: no doubt. This one from fan of the show, Cool Trav. Hey guys, been spending the last three nights at the hospital with the baby boy. Is it acceptable no. to sneak in booze for a late night refreshment?
3: <sighs> Congratulations, Cool Trav. First and foremost, good job out of you. Uh, that's a miraculous time. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say no. That it's not. I wouldn't be opposed to if somebody brought you in you know a celebratory toast of one of your one of your spirits of choice but as as the man that job i viewed that job threes as whatever either the child or the wife needs yes. and you can't be thinking about yourself in any way at that moment there's yes. no time for you that there's, yes. you time is second eighth. it's so far down the list of yeah. priorities so yes. I, I think
4: yeah i agree i i'm with you there um that's a moment where, yeah, anything for for you is just it's, – it's gone. It's out the window. Yeah. Yeah. All
5: right. Two specific ones for each of you back-to-back. First up, James. Hey, guys, who was your favorite wrestler and least favorite? I suppose you could answer that one too, Bo.
4: Ooh. Okay. It's okay. So favorite wrestler was kind of a moving target because, um, you know, there's there's two different eras. You know, like there's the the old school era where it was all about targeting the kids, right? That's like yep. Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, um, that whole that's that's my dad by far um, mm-hmm. because he was like a hero. As I got older and I'm like in middle school, and it's like Attitude Era, and it's Stone Cold and it's The Rock and all that. It became Shawn Michaels actually. HBK was my favorite, but then again, there was also this deep respect for the Undertaker. Um, like Undertaker was never like my favorite, just because I, I liked HBK's like Flash. I loved the whole like I thought his sweet chin music was just incredible, and he actually was a phenomenal wrestler, uh, and he was always involved in the big matches. He was going against The Rock and Stone Cold and Bret Hart, and but uh, it's like but whenever the lights went out and Taker's bell hit, you kind of got spooked. It was a little sweet. So anyway, I don't know. I, I'll go with Shawn Michaels as my favorite, least favorite. <sighs> oh boy. It's hard
3: because you maybe hated them at the time, but now you come to respect them and what they, their
4: role they played, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say um, and this is more like a personal thing. I would say it was um, it was Road Dog, and uh, so it was Billy Gunn and Jesse James, so the tag team from DX. And the reason being is because they were using my dad and Hawk to get DX over. And what I mean by that is is like my dad Hawk was an era where they like even when they wrestled Stone Cold and HBK when they were a tag team like they were about to win and the next thing you know DX comes down and hits him with a chair and it's like oh okay they're making them popular and putting them over beating the Road Warriors and then I just hated the story writing it wasn't anything about them I just hated yeah. the way they were going with my dad Hawk that's it
3: yeah I, I would go my favorite as a kid was Macho Man just loved him Absolutely loved him. In fact, yeah. I, he has a great promo. You still he, eat Slim Gems today, don't you? <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. I've got Bootsy now saying champion's prerogative because Macho Man said it in a promo. So anytime it's he amazing. does something, I say to have him say champion's prerogative, it's which amazing. is amazing. Um, and, and at the, the guys that I hated were Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan when I was a kid. But in retrospect, oh. now I love them all. Yeah. Because they were so great at what they did. Yeah. The one The one group, and I didn't follow after, I was... Your dad's era; they, those guys were my guys. I mean, they were the tag team that I loved. Was those guys loved the Hart Foundation? Um, the other thing, though, that, that, that I hated, and I never understood it then, I don't understand now, is like the Bushwhackers, or like, <laughs> like I didn't understand it. I just thought it sucked. I didn't, they kept trying to make them something. They were. It just was not interesting at all,
4: bro. There were some all. tag teams there. Um, yeah, the, the, the natural disasters, the headbangers just really on later. Dumb, and then lame, how about the Godwins? I was thinking about this the other day. Like Vince has always been a little uh, edgy. But the yeah. Godwins were, like, two hillbillies from Mississippi that wore overalls and brought, like, a slosh yeah. bucket. But the patches on their, like, you know, holes on their knees were little Confederate flag stitching. Right. And I was like, oh, gosh, Vince. Vince, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, anyway, there's there's guys like that, too. Val Venus comes as one that I hated. Um, yeah. I did not like Million Dollar Man. And, and, you but know. he's great now. Oh, he's when you awesome. look back,
3: you go, what a great heel he was.
4: <laughs> money, money, yeah. money. His laugh. <laughs> I mean, it was great.
5: Yeah, oh, It was great. This from David for Bo. Last week on CBD, you mentioned there was a gentleman taking Ooh, a picture a double of you dipper. outside of your window. Do we yeah. have an explanation for that? Crossover that end I of the could- century.
3: <laughs> this
5: really is George Clooney on Friends.
3: Um, I would, I would say when he was at the peak of ER days. I would say this: uh, nothing that I can comment on on air. <laughs> yeah, nothing that we can comment on on air.
4: I <laughs> got no, to the it, bottom of it, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta text it. me now off air. I need, I need to know the story oh. now. Yeah, I'm apologizing. I'll come out. I'm not listening to Brown's Daily. I apologize yeah, for that. Well, yeah, um, I'll just tell you it's because a scene. you won't let me co host it with you. So I just. <laughs> yeah, you know, I
3: control everything.
4: You know, so I'm just sitting just over a guy here on a mic. in the afternoons, you know. But I, meanwhile, I have to travel around the, yeah. the Big Ten landscape just to provide. And you're over here just you just to stay at home all day. You know, you. doing your, your own landscaping. Massive estate. Can't exactly. afford it. Can't, can't afford do it. it. Sorry, hun. Sorry. Sorry, hon, you Sorry, wanted switch to switch to organic, you know, pesticides and all that? All these natural oils for yeah. you know, keeping bugs away? Yeah. Well then who's guess pull, who has to do who's the edging? Me. Me. Who's doing do the edging now? And I have to do the trimming. <laughs> Meanwhile I have eighty five cuts in my forearm trying to break this damn long grass and shove it into a recycled bag yesterday.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Last one for you guys, this is from Phil. Hey guys, what's your go to quick and healthy family meal when the entire family is busier than a honey badger at a Cobra convention?
4: God, what a great, what a well. Wait, hold on. Say that again.
3: <laughs> I love that. Hey that guys, what's great... your
5: go-to quick and healthy family meal when the entire family is busier than a honey badger at a cobra convention? Stir fry. I, I've got a. Yep. I can do a
3: chicken or shrimp stir fry. Really healthy. Um, in in fifteen
4: minutes. Yep. Ten minutes. I mean. Yep. Easy. So the 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 bride. Does this, it's all about preparation. Okay, mm-hmm. what you need to do is you need to have something prepared on a Sunday. So, Sunday afternoon, Shelly will make like a bunch of roasted veg- veggies, some simple chicken, um, and like a huge thing of quinoa or rice in, in the pressure cooker, right? So, you get all that prepared, and the idea is it's mostly for lunches, but it's in that frame of mind of like hey both girls have gymnastics we were going to do a meal tonight but they've both been little hellions this is a nightmare i don't feel like doing a damn thing throw that together put in the microwave let's go it's preparation beforehand
3: yeah i always have there are several things that i always have ingredients for i always have everything that i need for stir fry i always have everything that i need for chili um Mm, always have everything that i need for uh if, if i need to do like a Pasta bolognese or something always have that. Those things are always there. So that if I, because uh, I do all the cooking, so if it gets to a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it's five o'clock. Black cobra has got basketball in an hour and fifteen minutes. I can I got
4: something that I can do quick. Always got to be those, but the stir fry is the one I like. the You best. know, what's not fun is trying to cook when you have a screaming baby. That's not fun. No, and then, you, I mean and you have then to the power other two through. are yelling at each other. You know, yeah, you power through. Yeah. Kindly leave is my line. When you're Kindly getting yelled at when you're getting yelled at essentially by four women. Yep. That's not fun. Shelley does the cooking in her house, though, so yeah. yeah. Which means that the you know Remy's screaming at me like, "Why did? Why do you have me?" You have nothing let's for let's me, be Dad. real
3: clear here that part of the reason I do the cooking is to avoid the wrestling of the children. Mm. I mean, because then that's yeah. her. She's got the blonde's got to do that because I'm doing the cooking. Yeah. So you got to sort out the issues. Now there's less issues now, so now she just gets to chill and like have a glass of wine. But mm. in the old days. Yeah. That got me out of those things. So uh all right, good job out of you on the hey guys. Uh all right, coming up next. What exactly is the Bengals plan? We will attempt to answer that in ten ten thirty Ben Baby will give us hopefully a more uh significant answer in terms of what they're trying to do in free agency with this team as they build it around Joe Burrow. That's coming up next. Bishop and is right here on the fan.
1: All the dumb things we say are on demand when you want them. Just utilize the computer chip we've implanted into your brain. The fan. Ohio sports destination. Or on the rocks. Just act accordingly.
3: Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to oh, first bloods on. I think I'll watch this again.
1: You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
3: And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need or search and replacement windows, check them out at WindowNation.com. They will take care of you the way that they take care of us. So you you draft Joe Burrow. He's off to a fantastic start. His knee gets shredded. He's on pace and on track for a recovery, Mm -hmm. certainly. But, you know, we've seen seen this before uh, with with the Bengals. No reason to believe he won't come back, but, you know, how long did it take Palmer Palmer to get back? You've lived this with Sam Bradford. Sometimes young guy, it takes a while. Yeah. In the meantime, as an organization, your time is now to build something around him because you have a very – what was looking like a very good young quarterback and you don't have to pay him. So you can pay everybody else, right? You've got draft picks. You can be active in free agency. You can do all of these things. And yesterday, I mean, I'm curious what Ben Baby and he'll join us here in about 10 minutes, what he says about this. I was surprised they didn't franchise take Carl Lawson. Same. Same. I think he's a stud.
4: I know the Browns want him. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah the, the, for one Carl Lawson in my humble opinion I think that's a bigger get if you're the Browns it won't have the sexy name to it but you can't tell me that's not a bigger get than JJ Watt would have been I think it is and I think they Young, view it the younger same way. bigger upside and in my opinion bigger better scheme fit Talk about a guy who's going to be a true edge, you know, rusher versus JJ, who would do more stuff on the in- interior. What you can do, but talking about a guy who's younger, who is still in his prime and ascending player. I think that's Carl Lawson. Now, what's the? This is what the Browns were out the way. What's the, the money look like, right? And, and you're going to be looking across, and you got to hope that if you're a Browns fan, somebody doesn't offer drastically overpay him. Not overpay him as if he's overpaid, but you get what I mean. Overshoot. Yeah. what you. What, every team's going to set what they think a player is worth. And then they let the market get to a certain amount to where they say, you know, we just can't do that. We're not going to do that to handicap ourselves. Now, I think the Browns are in a better situation than they've been in the past, Bo, in the sense that mm-hmm. in the past you might have had, oh, we have so many positions to worry about. We can't be too aggressive on one guy. I don't think they're there where they have so much to do on their roster, but they still don't want to be outlandish with this. I think it's going to be interesting, but I think that'd be a huge home run for Cleveland if you roll out Miles Garrett and Carl Lawson. But if you're the Bengals, what are you doing? I have a hard time with it, I, and
3: I, I, I empathize with Bengal fans because I don't understand it. Like He's a young guy. His PFF grades are great. He is yep. somebody who is only going to get better yeah. Um, he's been very productive, he's 25, you drafted him, you procured him, um, you would think that you would want him to be a, a integral part of your defense going forward for many, many years. And and so to not keep him is is surprising to me. And, I mean, let's be honest, they're not going to be active in free agency. They were last year for the first time in forever. But my guess is they're not going to go get Bud Dupree. And frankly, I'd rather have lost him than Dupree anyway. So, you know it's hard for me to it's hard for me to understand it other than and it's just entirely it stinks to say it but just the same old Bengal's mentality yeah I mean everybody knows the stories of free agents going in there and you know flying them in on coach and making them wear their own workout gear to work out and making them you know pay for cabs and not sending cars I mean just the way that they run everything now everything you hear isn't since Katie Blackburn's been there it's been different like since she's had more power and that since Mike Brown has taken a little bit of a step back. Um, but they've got a lot to overcome at that point. And it's a tough spot to be a Bengals fan. And it's one thing that even though it hasn't gone up until recently, it has not gone right for the Haslam's and before that, even the Learners when they owned the Browns and the relaunch of the Browns. The one mm-hmm. thing that you couldn't argue is that the ownership was willing to spend because they would pay. They paid for their mistakes yep. big. Yep. I mean, they're, they're paying three, four coaches you know, yeah, because yeah. they they weren't the right fit. Well, now they got the right guys. Yeah. They've got the right front office. They've got the right head coach, and they have always spent money on players. And they've always taken care of players. It's the reason that they were able to sign guys like Sheldon Richardson, who could have played other places. Yeah, um, it's a reason that my or that, that Jarvis Landry signed an extension, mm-hmm. um, and and stuck around because they treat people the right way. Yeah, and the Bengals have to fight that already, and now there's this now you're not keeping a guy like Lawson, who is going to be highly coveted. Highly coveted. Yeah. And if you think... Like, just think about from the Browns' perspective how important that defensive end is opposite Miles. Yeah. And you think about what... Think about how Von Miller was unlocked when
4: they got DeMarcus Ware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's all about game planning. You can't... Where are we going to put our resources on this offensive line and protection? And... It's all it all goes hand in hand. So when you get to Marcus Ware and Von Miller, and you say to yourself, "Oh, my, guys, how are we going to block?" Okay, so then we're going to keep six in or seven in. Okay, well then we only have three three man route. We're going to live this way all game long, right? So that we can throw the ball, and they could put seven in coverage for three. What it's it's a huge issue, and let alone the fact, okay, we're going to release five. All right, can you hold up then? Better be all quick game. Cause our yep. ends are getting there. So it, that that's what, you know, two dudes do for you. And if you're the Bengals, you went from starting last year with Dunlap and Lawson to now you have neither on the roster. Yeah. Dunlap cut from Seattle. He's a free agent again. Um, right. And you yeah. have yourself and, in a situation where you're like, oh, come on, man. Like, I'm supposed to be, as a, as a Bengals fan, because of Joe Burrow, you're thinking, yes, stars are going to want to stay here now because of Joe. And then some might want to actually come to Cincinnati because of Joe. And then you sure. let one of your best go. Yeah. For yeah. what? I and thought it's... we were building now. We finally got our guy. I thought the, that the moments of like letting people go to then hopefully build are over because we have our dude at quarterback. hmm. Yeah. doesn't make sense. And yesterday
3: the Browns cut Adrian Claiborne, which frees up $3 million. Olivier Vernon won't be back. I'm guessing that that uh things are starting to move a little bit. Uh and they maybe know who they're going after to play now not you just tell us so they what spend money. I mean, you would know. Just well, you pay attention what, to the scores, threes, it's all what, there for you. It's all there for you. I mean, what, what Jimmy say? You know, you're with him
4: all the time. We yeah, you know, it was his
3: birthday yesterday, so we had cake. Yeah. Ben baby mean? joins <laughs> joins us next. He covers the Bengals for ESPN. Get his take on what's going on down in Cincinnati. Bishop and is right here on the fan. <laughs>
1: Time for the Chris Holtman Daily Show. Brought to you locally on the fan by Credit Union of Ohio and by the Stuckey Firm.
5: This is the Chris Holton Daily Show, brought to you by Incova Insurance. This is such an unusual year, Chris, for so many reasons. But the NCAA granting a free year of eligibility to student athletes, and this may be a question that's uh, got the cart before the horse. But would imagine that's going to be some very detailed discussions on how to potentially handle that if it does come into play.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
6: It's all you know. Something as soon as the rule came in place, you begin to think about that. Uh, our two seniors, CJ Walker, will definitely. Uh, professionalized. He's got a young daughter and, and a family that he's uh, going to need to provide for, and we fully support him on that. And I think, you know, Kyle will have a decision, you know, after the season once the, the dust settles and he has a chance to kind of, uh, you know, take a break. Um, obviously, we all know Kyle uh, how much he loves Ohio State. He'll have a decision to make. We'll support him
1: either way. We'd love to have him back, uh, but we'll support him either way.
5: Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment.
1: Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for ten minutes. This is Bishop and Lornitis.
3: Well, Bishop James Lornitis with you here. Time to head out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline for a visit our good buddy Ben. Baby covers the Bengals for ESPN, and Ben, uh, no, no tag on Lawson, huh?
6: You surprised? Yeah, you know- not, not really. To be honest, I. I you, when you look at it, you, when you're looking at what the Bengals were, were being asked to, and always, and as always, it's good to be on with y'all. They were they were gonna you know if they were going to use the tag they were going to use a, guy, a tag on a guy that has five and a half sacks uh in in 2020 now from the Bengals' standpoint that may obviously that was something they did not want to do um, but when you look at Lawson's advanced numbers I think he's a lot more productive than that and when you look at what he was asked to do in the scheme I thought he did very well and and you know he made it uh, a point you know I asked him you know if there were things in the scheme that that could help him out a little bit more and he said basically I'm not answering that and I just gonna do what they I do whatever they tell me to do um, and so, you know, Lawson, I thought did very well, and, and given the circumstances, given what he was what was asked of him, I thought Lawson, um, you know, probably is deserving of, of a big contract, and I imagine he'll get one. And here's the other thing too, though, is that does Lawson want to come back to Cincinnati? I think that's the one thing that everyone just assumes. Oh, you know, that's uh, yeah, of course he'd want to come back. That may not necessarily be the case. Um, and so if you franchise tag a guy who doesn't want to be here, um, yeah, it sets you up for, for some potential problems, You know, especially last year when you look at what happened with Carlos Dunlap. Uh, that became a very messy situation. And you'd like your players all to be satisfied, especially your star players, to be satisfied in, in where they're at and keep them happy. And so I think there's a lot of dynamics to that equation as to why they didn't tag Lawson. I I, I think it all made sense. I From the beginning, it just never seemed like it makes sense for him to come back to Cincinnati. In 2021, I think I have him pegged as a double-digit sack guy somewhere else. So, you know, the fact that they didn't use it on Lawson wasn't a massive surprise.
4: Ben, how do you, I guess, how do you deal as an organization or a franchise with the PR aspect of this? Because the layman fan will look and be like, oh, Cincinnati's just letting the, you know, one of their top guys go. Because somebody is going to pay Carl Lawson. And he's going to go somewhere with a nice contract and the look for better. You mentioned a great point with whether Carl Lawson actually wants to be in Cincy or not. We don't know. But there will be the perspective of another Bengal just leaves. And you think the momentum with Joe, and I understand Joe's coming back from injury and all that, is kind of like the build process is – we got the guy at quarterback, let's continue to bill. How do you deal with that as a franchise to where maybe in house, they're not thinking it's the end of the world of Carl Lawson goes, but a lot of people on the outside of Cincinnati will look at it as, yeah, that's just another dude trying to get out of Cincy.
6: Yeah. You know, that's a great point and a great question. And, you know, I, you know, with Lawson and William Jackson as well, another one yeah. of their, their uh, draft picks who's going to be on the market. I think he'll probably be in for a decent contract um, this off season as well. I mean, I mean, that that's going to be part of the problem when you're trying to sell a fan base saying, hey, you know, this is something we want to do. And, um, you know, the fact that, you know, to be honest, you know, that sh- this should have been done a while ago if you wanted to lock Lawson up to a long-term deal. I mean, you should have had this done uh well before. And the fact, if you're trying to contemplate, oh, do we want to do a franchise tag, uh, you know, I think they probably could have worked out better financial terms than whatever the fa- franchise tag would have offered them on a one-year deal. So I, I think there are some questions over, you know, You know, I think there's a lot that needs to be answered, and Zach Taylor, we'll we'll talk today here in about uh, 20 minutes. So we'll we'll get a little more answers as to why they didn't tag Lawson, what their plans are for that defense. Uh, but you know, they last off season, they, they the front office made it a point to go out and spend a ton of money on the defense. I think this off season they're going to need to show um, as well that, that they're committed to spending and, and doing the things they need to do to improve the roster, to sell the fans that they are interested in, in building a championship uh, team, and, and to sell not just the fans but Joe Burrow as well.
3: Yeah, Ben, I think that's the logical next place to go. Alright, you don't want to pay Lawson, and you're talking about the five and a half sacks, and by the way, I agree with you. I think he's far greater than those sack numbers would lead you to believe, and I got a pretty decent authority that a team up 71 north probably feels the same way about him, it would have a great deal of interest in pairing him next to Miles Garrett, um, and that potentially could be how this thing all sorts itself out. But the next logical question is, okay, what's the plan? You, you've you got a, a team in the division in Cleveland that, that won 12 games, that is going to spend in free agency with adjusted cap has the most money to spend in free agency of anyone in the NFL. Uh the Steelers are a team that at one point was uh undefeated and going for a first round and they've seemed to have sorted out a lot of their salary situation here and can actually get under the cap. Obviously some casualties there with Bud Dupree and others. Um and then you have a Ravens team that is that it that feels like it's close with a guy who was the MVP 2 years ago and then Cincinnati everything was great. Burrow goes down and now you have this off season. What is their plan? What's the objective? What do you want to be by the time we tee it up and, and start playing football in September? And how do they put that plan into place over the course of the next couple of months? You
6: know, that's a great question. And, and when you look at it, I mean, the Bengals were the only team in the AFC North not to make the playoffs, which kind of tells you kind of where things stood at the end of 2020. And, and you know, year three under Zach Taylor, we were supposed to see what the finished project was going to be for this rebuild. And, you know, the more I look at it, the more I, I wonder if they're really at that point yet. And, and there's still so many concerns on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, they chalk all of this up to injuries. But the, the fact of the matter is, injuries are just part of the game. And you've got to be able to build your franchise good enough to, to withstand some injuries uh, over time. And so I, I think that, you know, right now you, they said that, you know, we talked to Duke Tobin early in the week, their de facto GM. And he said, we're going to build around Burrow. Uh, which leads me to believe that you know this could be an offensive-heavy uh, offseason with you know filling the pieces that you need on defense. But you know I think philosophically, if you if you have an offense that can put up a ton of points, uh, you're going to be in just about any ball game that you're in. And and, and uh, you know Kansas City is a great example of that. But you know the Bengals need to figure out what exactly that that strategy is, what that long-term outlook is going to look like. And you know especially with Zach Taylor on the hot seat entering this year, um, they're going to need to show some substantial progress, otherwise. You're looking at a rebuild that is probably a lot longer than anybody anticipated, and and while the other other rivals in the division are just going out and competing at a high level.
4: Ben, so give give me give the listeners some names of guys that you think are realistic targets for the Bengals come free agency. You know, whether you could say positions, but specific names that you think, you know, what this might be a guy that they target on either side of the football. Just so the fans understand that they can get their hopes up about some guys (laughs) coming in there, right? Because, I mean, really, you're you're right. You should build around Joe Burrow. And you would think that this this build, and I'm with you. I don't think the build is is anywhere near over. But as it kind of ramps up, you have the most important position, assuming Joe comes back healthy. So what are some names that would be, I guess, targets for the Bengals?
6: Yeah, you know, Joe Thune is going to be the big one that everyone points to and and the Bengals have the cap space to do this. The question is are they going to go out and spend that kind of money on a guard, you know, when the when the Patriots did not use the franchise tag on him this year? Um, you know he's going to be on the market. The Bengals will have the ability to, to contend for him in, in in free agency, and I think he's going to be um, you know a top target. The Bengals need to go find an offensive guard that they can put out there. In my mind, as as bad as that offensive line was, and as a lot there's a lot of talk there, uh, given the talk about Penay Sewell uh, being the, potentially the number five pick uh, in the draft, I think guard is really the issue uh, with that line, and we saw that last year when Burrow got hurt and just that inconsistency in the middle of the, in the, in the interior. I think that's the, that's the one area that they really need to target outside receiver is going to be another one. We've heard some names thrown out there. You know, Will Fuller uh, is, is the type of guy that, that could potentially be on the market. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I think, I think you need a guy to replace or, or to AJ Green's role uh, on, on the field. I think that's going to be one. I mean, you've got Tyler Boyd, you've got T Higgins, you know what they bring to bring uh, to the table as receivers, but, you would like a third receiver, a speed guy, who can help open up that offense. And, and then you look on the defensive side of the ball, now that you don't have Lawson, you don't have Jackson, you need to go out and you need to go find a defensive end. You need to go out and get at least one outside corner. You definitely need a slot corner to replace Mackenzie Alexander. So you know, the lists or are, are the needs are, are quite large you know, for the Bengals, and they've got to go attack that and be aggressive in free agency. Otherwise, you're looking at a prolonged rebuild, and, and I don't think that's what anybody needs at this point.
3: No, certainly not. Ben, excellent stuff as always, buddy. Appreciate your time. Yep, thanks, y'all. All right, that's Ben Baby, covers the Bengals for ESPN. It's tough sledding, man. It is. It's tough sledding. And it is. Convince, yeah. It's one thing to have you know, guys that you want to try to sign in free agents. Another thing to get them there.
4: Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's, you're going to be in a situation where to The hard you to thing is, is you, and, need, you need to send a message to the rest of the National Football League For one, you take care of guys that you've picked. You keep them in-house. Guys want to stay here. They want to be a part of this here. And then you entice those said guys to then talk to other guys who are free agents and try to recruit them to your organization and convince them, come to Cincy. Yeah, but y'all don't have it indoor. It doesn't matter. Come to Cincy. We'll get through it. Right. (laughs) But if you don't keep your own guys home or they don't want to stay home, how are you gonna convince new guys to come over there without throwing a ton of cash at them and putting your team in a bad situation money wise? Yeah, overpaying quarterback helps, but I mean, you mean you gotta take Carl, you gotta keep Carl there, you gotta keep Yeah yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's not great. Not great, no. certainly.
3: Uh time for thing or not a thing, that's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here in the fan
1: to be your flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The Jackets, Crow Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's uncomfortably vascular arms. a Fan Ohio Sports Destination. First Fridays are a thing. Drinking bad bourbon is not a thing. This is Bishop and Morinitis.
3: Alright, time for a little thing or not a thing. Chopper's here. Hit a Chopper. Bishop
5: and Laurinaitis.
1: Thing or not a thing. Sponsored by Geico Insurance.
5: Here we go on a First Friday. Chris Vanini with this Perles Miles' settlement agreement with Kansas. He's paid almost two million dollars and the sides won't sue each other. There's also a non-disparagement clause if you're wondering why last night's statement didn't mention the LSU investigation. Thing or not a thing. I have
3: to I don't know any other profession. I'm a man. I'm forty. I don't know any other profession other than coaching on the college level and the pro level, where you get paid your salary whether you're
4: fired with cause or not. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to like work somewhere remarkable, get fired, and be like, you know what? But we're going to keep paying you for two years. Yeah, you're going to see every penny of it. So you suck. Here's my understand. This is you got your cash. such Such a this is a friend of mine situation. Yeah. If you're the Can, whole thing if, was. Like, if you're Kansas' pr- president, don't you just say, hold on a second. Wait, why are, are we, we paying doing? this guy still? We have everything to fire him with cause. With cause, yeah. What I are you doing? UConn did that with Kevin Ollie, who's
3: their guy. Like, he's a I UConn know. legend, and they, they fired him with cause to try and not give him any money.
5: I'm surprised at this. Yeah. From ESPN stats and info this week, Gonzaga extended its streak of 25 win seasons to 14, the second longest in Division 1 history. Kansas has an active streak of streak of 15 straight that is still on the line this season. They're currently 19 and 8. And Duke has an active 13-season streak entering 2020-2021 that will be snapped this season. Thing or not a thing?
3: It's an it's an enormous thing. This yeah. is one of those programs in sport that went from Cinderella to Goliath. And I realize yeah. they mixed metaphors, but they are they're Duke of the West. And they've got this year's team is loaded. They got a scare last night with BYU. I watched some of it. They got five or six pros. That's a long way from Casey Cavalry and Dan Dickow and Adam Morrison and the guys they had twenty years ago playing for them. Who were all nice
4: players. But this is ne- something else now. I had never heard of um, I had never heard of Gonzaga until I think they beat Bobby Jackson and Mike Gophers in the March. March in the March Madness. Um, yeah,
3: and I, didn't Dan Monson end up coaching Minnesota? Wasn't he yes. coaching Minnesota? Because he was the so. original coach at Gonzaga, and Mark Few I took the so. job. Mark Few's turned down every job. He stayed there.
4: Yeah, and that's the first time I heard of him. And be honest, until you mentioned where they are located, like, yesterday, I had no idea. Yeah. Spokane's <laughs> a great town, right near Lake Coeur d'Alene. Beautiful. Lakes. Huge win. Yep.
5: Sporting News has awarded a College Basketball Player of the Year every year since 1958, and only six people have won it in consecutive years. Oscar Robertson, 58, 59, and 60. Jerry Lucas, 61, and 62. Bill Bad- Bill Bradley, 64, and 65. Bill Walton, 72, 73, 74. Michael Jordan, 83, and 84. And Luca Garza. Thing or not a thing?
3: Boy, that's company. That's company. Yeah, he's great. He's a great college player. And... Um did you see Chops? The incredible controversy with Roy Marble's family.
5: I did see that. That's unfortunate right now.
3: Yeah. So Roy Marble, who's one of the who's the first Iowa basketball player I can recall, he and BJ Armstrong on some incredible teams in the late '80s, early '90s, I think. Um, and he's the all-time leading scorer at, at, at Iowa until Garza broke it. His jersey is not retired, and Garza's
4: is, and his family was quite upset with it. So, mm. interesting. Yeah. Well, look. All, all I know is that. Uh the, the, the Chops, we get it. You love Luca Garza. We get it. <laughs> Thank you. I just pointed out. No, we love. Some. We get it, bro. I love him too. He's great.
5: <laughs> According to Pro Football Focus, Brown's safeties earned the worst cumulative grade in the league last season at forty-eight point two. Thing or not a thing? How much of that was Sadejo? Oh, jeez.
3: Well, here's the deal: the safeties that they intended to be there weren't there, and yeah. weren't there. So. You know, Grant Delpit was going to be one of those guys. Obviously, they blew it a bit on Sandejo. Um, I was surprised they kept running him out there. Carl Joseph got better as the season went along. And I thought Ronnie Harrison was really, really good when he was healthy. You know, he just wasn't wasn't healthy that much. So, I think that position group, because I think they'll attack it in free agency or, or the draft as well, has a position to go from one of real, a real thorn in their side to a real bright spot if Delpit can get back to what he was.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... So really, this grade is all in their backups. I think Sedejo probably was a. Um, was he like the smarts back there? Was he the communicator?
3: Yeah, they wanted him to. They wanted him to basically be the mentor
4: to yeah. get Delpit
3: ready. Like they wanted right. him to be the one to do that, and then he ended up having a to play all the time. How
4: to get? Yeah, and then he's yep. just look. He's a vet. You know, he's older, and you can know what routes are coming and still not be able to stop them. I mean, trust right. me, I've been there. <laughs> you know, you're on a forever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey. I know he's going to run a deep over. Hell, it's, it's, it's Vernon Davis. He runs a 4-3. I can't keep up. All right, I got a head start. They want me to do, coach. EJ Liddell
5: made the coach's version of this, but the All-Big Ten first team selected by the media has three centers, Kofi Coburn, Luca Garza, and Hunter Dickinson, plus a forward who has taken zero three-pointers this year, Trace Jackson Davis. would assume rounds out the top five. Thing or not a thing?
4: Uh... Look, I, basketball is... No, I th- listen, we're really we're going with, with the way basketball is going. The media just <laughs> will not give up on nine. Well, this is basketball. the
3: coaches. Or this, this is, is the, the coaches? Media. Yeah, this is the
4: media. No, this is the, the media. media. This yeah. is the media. Yeah. Um,
3: look, I, I think on these, especially in basketball, the coaches get it right because they are game planning for... This isn't like... You know, Urban Meyer voting in the coaches poll or Ryan Day voting in the coaches poll when they're coaching college football, where they're not watching all the teams. Like you're, you're preparing for every team. This so is different. It, you're right. play, yes, yeah. You, you play and you see everybody. Um, the media here. The one thing I will applaud them for, and I will say, is a thing, is to just pick the five best players regardless of position, because basketball is largely becoming positionless anyway.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know more about s- basketball than I do, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. But. <laughs> I was just going to dog the media. Well, that's fair, too. But now we are media, so, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, I guess it makes sense. We're
3: radio. We're sports talk
4: radio. Oh, okay. We're not media. Yeah,
5: Yeah, that starting five would be uh, uh, talented, but I'm not sure how effective. Last one. Via NBC Sports Northwest, a recent email sent out to Seahawks season ticket holders mentions receivers DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, plus offensive coordinator Shane Waldron and new run game coordinator Andy Dickerson, but it doesn't mention Russell Wilson. Thing or not a thing <laughs> huge thing I mean that's huge
4: what that's huge. are we doing what people? are we doing
3: honestly there's not even enough time to give this
4: a proper context of how huge this is it means everything it does it means that it sure they are does. not firmly committed at this moment that he will be a Seattle Seahawk you better believe in the most plain of terms that's it but how about my man Andy Dickerson he was like assistant old line coach at the Rams forever, now going up to Seattle, run game coordinator. I got text, Andy. You don't know run game football like that, bro. <laughs> They're not going to have Carson back if they don't have Russell Wilson, and yet you're talking about
3: – you show a run game coordinator, and by the way, then you talk about two receivers. If you ever There's have to list your staff
4: way. over your starting quarterback, that's a huge issue.
3: Yeah, and the most most accomplished – well, I don't know about most accomplished. Steve Largent's pretty accomplished. but He's pretty good. Uh, Certainly one of the most popular players in the history of your franchise. So, yeah, that is that is a lot to that one. Um, we will uh, take a look back on what the Jackets didn't do last night. An interesting comment coming out of the University of Michigan regarding regard to Jim Harbaugh, plus some big good news on the NHL front in terms of where you will be able to watch their games going forward. Greg Wyshynski at the bottom of the hour on the NHL, senior writer for ESPN, plus your first Friday officially endorsed. It's all coming up in the final hour. Bishop and I just right here on The Fan
1: there's only one way to start your day and that's with the soothing tones of morning juice soothing weekday mornings at 6 the fan if you say something with confidence then you can't be wrong I I don't don't, don't even know this is Bishop and Morinitis man
3: I'm floored by I still floored by that last one the Russell Wilson one Mm. do you know like the you would know this obviously but just for the fans out there I love the petty man the, the amount of, before something like that, the amount of consideration something like that, an email to season ticket holders gets, the amount of consideration that gets from everybody in the organization would blow your mind. Mm. The amount of conversation, dialogue, what are we doing, what's our oh, yeah. brand, what are, we, what are we trying to say with this? Mm-hmm. So the idea that he was, was left off yeah. is obviously purposeful.
4: Mm-hmm. And yep. yeah,
3: he's so hard to trade, though. Yeah, yep. and yep. I mean, even a, you know, R- Russell Wilson. I mean, so the only teams left that he on his list were what Dallas, the Saints. I'm sorry, Cowboys, Saints, and who was the other one? He had four uh,
5: Raiders. Oh, yeah, Raiders. Raiders.
4: Mm. So. would be me fired up there.
5: Yeah, he
3: would. So, you. All right. So, the, then. I mean, the Bears. But are, and you what would the Bears it, possibly you want? You missed it.
4: You missed it. They. What? Mayock came out and said that Derek Carr's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they're super happy with him. So, they're uh-huh. not going for Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> they did not
3: have a good uh, first year of free agency, did they? Go look at all yeah. the guys they signed. No. No, you played with LaMarcus Joyner, didn't you? Certainly did. Yeah, he's he. What do you think of him, uh, real quickly? Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday about him from from the Browns' perspective as not as a nickel corner, but as a safety.
4: Yes, I like that. He's not a he's not the best in coverage. If you put him at nickel, you got to blitz him. Yeah, he's a phenomenal blitzer. He's because he plays with reckless just dude's got the longest arms in the world for how short he is yeah honestly um super strong too tough for how any anyway but um he's a different bird'll tell you that much yeah he's a different bird i liked him as a teammate but just just very uh just different I don't even know how to describe him, to be honest with you yeah um but uh, yeah i like him as safety because he's very athletic and very active. Just, yeah, I think they, they'd like so to play aggressive. some three Sometimes safety stuff. He could, and
3: and I think they, I think like him, I think you could see them with him. Malik Hooker, I think, could be interesting mm. for them as mm-hmm. a as a as a third safety guy. I mean, I mm-hmm. think those are some of the guys you think about. But I, they, I the mention of Joiner yesterday, and I thought, yeah, that might be interesting. Not not as 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 corner, but as a kind of a third safety. Yeah, you know, blitz guy. Yeah, would be. And he's pretty good at that from a he's grades pretty well at that in the, in the safety position versus what he does at corners, so yeah um, might be a fit there, but interesting stuff on the Russell Wilson front one other thing that happened today was the NFL salary cap numbers out one eighty one eighty two point five is the number I, I think most people were expecting it one eighty five one eighty six it's less than that um, it's actually down about sixteen million from what it was even last year mm the one thing I would say though is it's a little deceiving. There's so many ways around the cap. And obviously if your owner has the straight cash to put money in escrow, you can do guaranteed contracts. Remember the Chiefs last year signed, you know, their three players to like $600 million in contracts and yep. were still able to come in under the cap. So there's, there's ways to do it. <laughs> if you have the right ownership and the right front office to be able to pull it off. Yeah. One thing I would add to it though, you also have, that doesn't take into account rollover cap. So, for example, the Browns are rolling like roll over, over
4: minutes, like cell phone minutes back in yeah. the day, a little rollover. I didn't day. use this roll many. Yeah.
3: yeah. Give me those for next month when I really mm. need to call home. Uh, no. So the Browns actually have the most salary cap room in the NFL because they're rolling over about their, their salary cap number will be like 211 million yeah. because they're roll, they rolled about $25 million in cap space is what it's going to end up being because they were able to roll over a bunch of money they didn't spend. The Colts have a bunch that they rolled over as well. So just to. Kind of have um, some clarity on that because I, th- I think sometimes we hear the cap and you think, oh my gosh, how are you going to make it work?
4: And there's always ways to make it work. I treat the cap like I treat the cloud. I have no idea how it works, but it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, somebody does. A good, it's, it's a good, it's right? a good, I, I mean, somebody does. Yeah, I don't know. I
3: pay for, the, for more space in it, but I don't know what I
4: get. I have out of so it. much have no space idea. in the cloud that is just. <sighs> I'm going to go know. get another USB to add photos from 2019, 2020 off my cloud onto actual USB because we put our photos of the girls. And yeah. then, which, by the way, real quick, on a separate thing, it's a, it's almost pathetic. And if Rothman, if you're listening, maybe turn it down. But it's almost pathetic how many photos I used to take of our dogs before we had yeah. children. I'm embarrassed. Well, take it a step further. Dog it's, birthday it's, cakes, all that. Oh, sure. We haven't had a dog birthday cake For the for the dogs (laughs) since the child was born, you know, (laughs) no, that's why when I see like you know when I have people or friends who's like doggy parent, I'm like it's not the same. No, anyway, you know, because guess what? One thing I would add: I tell my dog, my dog's been in the yard all day. He loves it. He's Titus and Grace are bathing in the sun right now. What I mean, they love it. They're laying in the grass, time of their lives. They get up, they go take a dump. I can pick it up today. I can pick it up in a week if I want. I don't know. I know when lets Remy has a blowout happen. Yeah, you're happy. That thing's. Ha- you better change that within five minutes, unless you want to give her a full bath. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, don't you notice that that I and I, you know, I I don't know how I'm going to address this with uh, the two younger two, but the amount of pictures you took of London versus the other two. I basically with. With Peyton Black Cobra, I basically took a picture of him every six seconds. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, in retrospect. Yeah. Like, when I go and look back at, like, my old phones or look back at the old uh, photos from those from those years, I basically documented his every
4: breath. And then by See, the time Shelley's I got to Bootsy... Shelly's been so intentional about this because everyone... I think she took it as, like, a challenge because everyone said yeah. the same thing. Like, you're not going to have any... Fo- and then they said, um, I don't know if you've done this, our challenge has been continuing to take photos... Of them individually, as like London gets to the six year old stage, sure. On because you know everything's all together, or get around the baby. Yeah. Everything's you know to where um, that was the other thing. So, but anyway, we have so many videos of their bad moments too. Like we just rewatched yeah. yesterday, London headbutting the floor when we went to Louisville. We tried to meet up when we lived in Nashville, and then. Um, We tried to all meet up in Louisville because my dad was in St. Louis. My brother's in Dayton. So we're like, hey, let's just meet up in Louisville for a weekend. There's a pool at the hotel. We'll go to the zoo. We'll do whatever. And anyway, she did not want to leave the pool. And so it's her head butting the the carpet floor (laughs) and the door trying to go back, having a screaming fit. And then that's mostly Hayden. It still goes on with Hayden from zero to Almost four. Oh yeah. I've got all the videos eating. of
3: them crying overnight eating, you know Yeah. Uh, I remember specifically Beamsy just refusing to eat uh sea bass. just <laughs> wouldn't have it. Just wouldn't have it. And now he loves it, but he wouldn't have it at the time, and I video of him just screaming as we were trying to force him to eat it when he I've was. I've opened up a can know, of worms. We got London eating sushi.
4: Yeah. I'm this is so awful. All the boys eat it. I told Shelley, what are we doing? The kid has a, a kid has a a little Tesla in the garage little yeah. radio flyer Tesla. That's right. And then she's eating salmon Great sushi rolls. On that thing. What are we doing?
3: No, it's fantastic. It's good. It, you expose me that. Bootsy just eats the rice. It's not fantastic. And, as it's opposed not fantastic. to the I'm like, well, it's actually that part I have that you three need to eat the, the one in there. It's expensive. Um You'll be alright. This is um <laughs> This is from the Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manual yesterday on Jim Harbaugh. Chop sent me this last night, and I that, I guess I will. I will read to you his comment to ESPN. It's unbelievable. And then I'm curious what you think of it. But he says, given the contract, obviously I'm willing to be patient. But he and I understand that we need to win. This is Michigan. Nobody wants to win more than Jim in football and me overall. We want success. So did I put a number? So did I put a number to his first year? The answer is no. I don't. I think it's about as candid and honest as you can be. You can't. You have committed to, and it's beyond me why. I think I've seen enough. I don't think they have program momentum. Obviously, they're betting on the quarterback this year. Really needs to hit the freshman. Hmm. But the I, I would have looked at Matt Campbell, and I would have said, what's it take?
4: What, what's it take? Here's the guy am confused who, about the comment. Yeah. You didn't just hire him. Oh, no. no you didn't no. just hire this guy out of nowhere. I'm like, you know what? Look, I'm going to be patient with Jim. He wants to turn Michigan football around. No, this is a guy who's been there. What has he been doing? That's what we hired him the first time and paid him more for. So you yeah, give him and a I think you're, and you're talking to the media as if this is new. Like, oh, you know, I'm not going to put a number on it, but we we want we know we got to win. He's been trying to win for years already.
3: And I think they're further away now than they were like four years ago. Yes, three years ago. Yes, that's the thing
4: that's troubling is that the the program momentum isn't there. They had some programming last night. I go, Jake. Were you surprised that kept Harbaugh? He goes, I am. He goes, and then his hires don't make a lot of sense. He hires a running back coach who's been a running back coach for two years in Baltimore, and now says, "Come over and coach quarterbacks." And he's never coached quarterbacks before.
3: Yeah, no, I th- I think he's lost his way. I don't think he knows how to do it. I think that they there was a plan. There's a plan that he used at Stanford that had success. A plan that he used at the 49ers that had success, and you saw immediate dividends. I mean, they were respectable immediately in 2016 if they went with with Brady much Hoke's difference. kids is the whole thing. The whole thing. It's it's as big it's, as anything because it's they momentum. Beat us in 2016. He, pr- he probably doesn't also teams. rethink everything, buddy.
4: He doesn't he doesn't right. throw he doesn't the baby to go out spread. with the bathwater. He tries to keep right. the same thing. It's the same. Correct. Yep. The same path, the same Stanford He got to that point and thought, "Okay, I got I got to rip it up. I got to change it." Maybe he just sticks with what he had and gets better yeah. quarterbacks and just stays in that scheme instead. He goes starts going to the portal and all over and Now there's no enthusiasm unknown to mankind. No, there's not. And he, like
3: last year, seemed like a defeated man. And I think that he really wanted to get an NFL job this year and couldn't get one. So he stayed. And I don't think he really, in his heart of hearts, wants to be there. Do I think that he wants to win at Michigan more than anything? Yeah, I do. Do I think he knows how? No. Yeah. No, I don't think he does. And I think if you knew how, you wouldn't have changed course as many times as he's changed course in the time he's been there. And yeah, you can probably go back to 2016 and go if that goes different. That's one of the great what ifs. Yeah, it's one of the great what ifs. That is. And yeah. Michigan was the better team that day. They were.
4: You felt like they lost the game. Yes, right. They didn't like we didn't really win it or like we took advantage of their mistakes, but they lost it. Like they had it and they lost it. There's just some games where you you walk away and you're like, damn, we lost that. We screwed yeah. that up and they never got over it. They never got yep. over it in recruiting in him personally, none of it. And they're further away now than they've ever been. That's I mean, a good that's, point. I haven't even thought about that. They're further they're further away now than they were. Gosh, and that's I mean, how, so how do you extend that guy? You're further away now than you were when he got hired. Yeah. And it, it should have given you at least a new it, it at least tells the fan base we're we're going in a direction that we think can get us somewhere else, right? You you feel like you've already reached the peak of what Jim had to offer. and That was twenty. Yeah, you've crescendoed. You're on your way against now. us in overtime. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, is this a natural spot? Because your roster for talent should on. be deep enough that even during this is my whole argument against Michigan and Penn State. Your talents at those blue blood universities, yeah, should be such that even during a pandemic. You should just roll your helmets out there and win because of the way you recruit, your system, your philosophies, all that. There shouldn't be this whole like, "Oh, it's COVID here." That's that's lame. No, where's no, your if depth? You could do it at Northwestern, even if you had Indiana. Opt-out. You had a middle yeah. linebacker opt out, albeit talented middle linebacker opt out. But if a we could have had two receivers opt out and still won the Big Ten, it's not even fair to compare them
3: to us, though. Because it's that no, but I'm saying like, like there's I just still, want but, them but to be Northwestern. I just want
4: them to be like Indiana. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no excuse <laughs> you know? for Michigan to go to overtime None. against Rutgers. There's no excuse no. for Penn State to lose the games they won la- lost last year. It's just no. it's frustrating because like the coaches the things are trying to spew out. Like, no, bro, you're you're Michigan. You're Penn State. Yeah. I mean, yes, you're not us, but you should be a step above all these other schools. No, Indiana question. shouldn't have their way. Yeah. Anyway, no.
3: So it's a it's a befuddling time for that program, and there's no end in sight to it. Uh, perhaps an end in sight to the NHL and a befuddling decision that I think set the league back a long way could finally be coming to an end. We get to that coming up next. Bishop and is right here on the Fan.
1: Season ticket holder from day one. Us two. Now, now and forever and your flagship home of the Columbus Blue, Blue Jackets. Jackets. The Fan. Ohio sports destination. <laughs> D drinking responsibly with a touch of class. He is Bishop and Boonitus. And join the fan,
3: Ted TV, and the Ohio Education Association. We honor classroom heroes in these weird times. Teachers and educators need our support and recognition more than ever. Nominate your classroom hero at 971thefan.com slash heroes. Also, we're launching a brand new fan store. All new t-shirts, hoodies, hats, masks, so much more. The official launch date is this Friday. Make sure you head to 971thefan.com to check out all the goodies. And I've seen this uh, moving around on the social. we got a little First Friday Act Accordingly, which looks nice. Uh, look forward to, to that launching and dropping. Still want your recipe book. (sighs) Yeah. So the problem there is I got to find a way for me to keep all the money. I know. So that's the, yeah, yeah, that's really what we're looking at there is the problem is, and then my motivation, you know, like, am I really going to do that? My wife was, she's like, when are you going to, why don't you do it? Why don't you just write it, write a bunch down? And I said, yeah, but then I got to work. Like I'm doing enough. When's enough enough? When do I, when, when's some bow time? When yeah. do I get to have a little we time? You already
4: have an estate. What else do you want, woman? Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I mean, come I mean, on. Three vacation homes? Two isn't yeah. enough? I mean, how many do you need? Yeah.
3: How much do Gosh. I have to support here? I mean, come on. Throw me a I'm bone. With you. I'm with you. i um, <laughs> <laughs> This... Few things, I think, from the health of the league did more damage than the NHL leaving ESPN. Mm. And you say, well... <sighs> Oh, come on. I mean, everybody can find the product if they want it. Um, this is, And that is true. You can find the product if you want it. Um, but to a lesser degree now, but to a far greater degree then, ESPN was a an army of one propaganda machine. And they yeah. pushed the things that were important to them. They set the agenda that this is important because we're talking about it. The best example of it is what they do every year at the women's basketball tournament, where they... Yep push the women's basketball tournament because they have the rights to the women's basketball tournament. So they push stories about women's basketball leading into the tournament to support their broadcast of it. When you have ESPN as a partner, you mm-hmm. along with it comes things like the jump. Yep. Okay. So what does yep. that do? Well, the jump gets pushed throughout um, and around all of the, all of the social media platforms. And then people start talking about the NBA because the ESPN even now is still the giant in the business. They still are even yeah. with cord cutting and all of it. Another great example is NASCAR, when NASCAR went to ESPN and the amount of, of push that NASCAR had on ESPN. Um, and the NHL left, and there was NHL Tonight, and there was Barry Melrose, and there was John Bucciagross, and there was uh, Steve Levy hosting, and there was all of these things that were integral to the part of the, of the NHL being pushed on ESPN. And when they left, at the time for Versus, and later for NBC Sports Network and all of these things, all of a sudden, it, when it came time, and you heard this all the time, be well. Where are these games being played? CNBC or you know, because right. where you where do you find these games? Right. Right. Yep. Everybody knows whatever your cable provider is, whether you're even if you do YouTube TV, any of that stuff. You know where ESPN is? You certainly do. Yeah. So this has not been confirmed by the NHL, but um, it reportedly, it has not ESPN. No, it is not. ESPN and the NHL reportedly signed a seven-year deal as part of the league's new U.S. media rights package. Um, ESPN would get the rights to broadcast four Stanley Cups between 2022 and 2028, uh, plus streaming rights for Disney and Disney Plus, so that's huge for, for ESPN on that front as they're trying to really push the Disney Plus a uh, yep. part of it with the ESPN. I would imagine NBC would have the other uh, Stanley Cups, but the majority
4: would be on ESPN or ABC. Yeah, It's a big win for the league. It is, and what's even a bigger one is this, we're going to have first take and Stephen A. Smith really getting yep. after it about Maple Leaf Hockey. You ain't wrong. You're
3: not wrong. No, there will NHL tonight will be back. Yep. I mean, all of those things will come back because they support their partners. I mean, it's, there is something too. There is something too when they got the SEC. I mean, they were. I give them a lot of credit because they would go to SEC places even when the game was on CBS. Yes, they would go take game day to Bama, LSU, even if the game was on CBS. Like they'd mm-hmm. still do that. They deserve a lot of credit for that. They didn't just support games on their network, but now they have the the SEC package. Yep, and they will support it.
4: This it gives the sport credibility, and it's gonna put it's gonna put it in the forefront. Like the amount of highlights you'll see. On Sports Center stuff, you know, even though Sports Center isn't as much as it used to be, right? Obviously, as far as because people can see highlights whenever, but even when you throw it on, you know, like and we all do it, I still do it every now and again. I still do Sports Center on it, and I'm sure. Of course, what's different is that I'm not waiting for like one team's highlights. If I want the highlights, I'll Google it and I'll go whatever. I just have it on as background noise. Mm -hmm. But until you actually get to some hockey. And the only hockey you actually will see is, like, if Ovechkin or Sidney or, you know, Eichel mm-hmm. or one of those dudes did something, McDavid, right? Other than that, you're not seeing Jackets highlights. Oh, no. no. So it's like uh-uh. the amount of it's a hockey will be forced to cover, right, will be will increase naturally because it will be better for their interest because it's on their network.
3: Yeah. No, it's a tremendous benefit. And if, if you're looking at it, an example, and I don't – how I many? Maybe I'm still old-fashioned in this way, but but even when I do the show prep in the morning and put the show together, I mean, one of, I go to Twitter and then I go to ESPN.com. That's the second site I go to, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you go to that homepage right now, by the way, there's a great picture of EJ Liddell on the homepage right now. But if you go to the homepage right now, it has NFL, NBA, soccer, NCAA men, NCAA women, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Those are the the headers. If you want to find the NHL. It's on a drop down, and it's in the third line of the drop down. Yeah. The only things that if you went you know, in the normal way that you would read things up and down, left to right, the only things lower than it in the drop down are recruiting basketball, tennis, and X games. That'll change.
4: Mm.
3: That'll change. And there's a be- there's a big benefit to that for the league. It's a big benefit to that. And you think about how well they pulled off the bubble, which was good. Bettman's had a had a couple of wins here. He's got a couple of wins here, and I, I think this is a nice one for him to get back on ESPN. Uh speaking of ESPN and hockey, Greg Wyschinski is the senior NFL NHL writer for ESPN and he will join us. Not sure what he can share on this, but certainly talk jackets and the league at large coming up next. You have that to look forward to Bishop and Loronitis right here on the fan. The biggest guess. Earth
1: shattering opinions. And Maddie making Anthony do push ups during commercial breaks. I can't feel my leg. My bad, bro. Rockman and Ice. Weekdays from noon to three. The fan. The best, the best in the Midwest. Midwest. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
3: All right, Paul Bishop. James Lornite is with you here, timed out on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. It's been far too long since we visited with our good buddy Greg Mushinsky, senior NHL writer at ESPN, and and that could uh, reportedly have uh, even more influence, my friend. Uh, this this notion of the of the NHL coming home to ESPN, which uh, James and I were just talking about on a reported seven year deal. NHL has yet to confirm, but. But certainly, you think of all of what that marriage could present, and I can't think of it being anything other than very, very positive for the league. I'm not sure what you can share, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot, of course. Uh, but but just from a perception standpoint, this seems like a very big win for everybody.
2: I just want to say that uh, I think not only is Gary Bettman the uh, best commissioner in sports, uh, but uh, a <laughs> great a great man. Is it okay to say he's a great man, like in <laughs> Tell the me, buddy. Of, of men in the world? Uh, maybe maybe top five. So uh, so no, the, the this deal has had no influence on my my work whatsoever.
4: <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. What, Greg, a, what a good I, job I, out of you, Greg. <laughs> really fantastic good job. Effort. Yeah. Really good job. I, I I'm wondering um, here in town with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Torts a week ago says that they feels like they're. Kind of a tweener. They don't know really. They're kind of hinting at what we've been thinking all around. There's kind of a lack of identity with this Blue Jackets team. They used to be known as a tough physical bunch that was going to be a tough out for anybody and was going to play you a certain way. And they've kind of morphed into this half that, but half the team wants to play with skill. What's the outside overarching view from outside our town here on the Columbus Blue Jackets and the struggles they're having right now?
2: Well, first of all, it's kind of funny to, to have John Tortorella say that the team is a tweener. When I mean historically, outside of maybe one season, he's coached to the bubble every year, right? Like, like they're never really great and they're never really bad. This is the the, the the franchise under his stewardship has been the definition of being a tweener. But I know what he's trying to say as far as stylistically goes. And I guess if there was one surprise in looking at the Blue Jackets right now, it obviously isn't the offense. I mean, even with the you know the, the addition of Line A, this was still going to be a team that sort of struggled with the with the with goal scoring. It's the defensive side of the puck that I think is the big, the big surprise. I mean, you know, the, the Jackets being 25th in, in goals against right now in this league is is not something that you expect from this team. Where you know, fundamentally, you, you could always count on it being a more uh, solid and, and consistent defensive unit. Now, you know, was, does some of that have to do with some of the you know uh, adversity in, in goaltending, perhaps? Um, but like the like Tortorella said, I mean, it could also just be a case of. Not everybody on this roster being on the same page as far as the way that they need to play in order to lock things down like they, they typically can.
3: You know, Greg, it, it's poor. Aaron signed great, great writer for the Athletic. It, it was someone was asking the question: We're we closer to rebuilding or contending? Uh, I think I think we're closer to rebuilding, um, and and that's a tough thing. And we were thinking back to, and still, you know, basking in the glory of that shocking upset of Tampa Bay, and the thinking that that you would be able to build off of that. This was a young team uh, that that you hoped could build together. But if you think of the names that were on that team, you think about Panarin and Josh Anderson and Pierre-Luc Dubois, even role guys like Murray and Wenberg. Obviously, Bobrovsky was on that team. Um, all, they're all gone. They're all gone. And and with it is some of that identity. And I think the, the one that jumps out at you is the one that hurts the most is Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, it, it was a risky pick when you picked him. You believed in him. He left. We still don't really know why. And Yarmouk yeah. and lamented it, you know, recently as last week, as, you know, you try forever to get a number one centerman. We had one. He's not here anymore. It's hard to find him. Well, yeah, you, you, you drafted, identified, developed part of it, and now he's gone. And we don't know why. And it kind of is a microcosm of what's happened here, right? It's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. What can you tell us from your perspective on the Pierre-Luc Dubois
2: situation? Cause we don't know. No, neither do we. I mean, uh, you know, he's been very vague about it, and and the details are scant as to what exactly led to his departure. I mean, the only thing that we heard anecdotally was this idea of him wanting to be, you know, have a bigger spotlight on him, which, you know, begs the question, you know, what what does that mean for him being in Winnipeg? Um, But, you know, the the the, I always, by the way, the number one center thing with, with Columbus I thought was really always interesting because I remember at the time of the Ryan Johansson trade, there was a thought of, okay, did you just trade one of those guys for, for a defenseman and Seth Jones? And, you know, it was never brought up again because of how good Seth Jones had been up until this season. Uh, and then they locked into the idea of getting Dubois in the draft, and, and it all kind of worked out really well for Kekaline. And now you look at it, and it's like, all right, well, now you don't have Dubois anymore, and, and you're back to that search for a, a top-line center. And when we come down to the question of rebuild or retool or what, whatever, um there's two primary problems right, near, right now with the organization in my eyes. The first is that if, you, if you're going to say that you need to find a number one center, and most teams in this league obviously have that, that player at the core of their lineup. There are a few, like uh, Vegas, for example, that can get away with not having that. Um, the only way you get them is through the draft. I mean, that's literally the only way you get them. I mean, unless you have the uh, incredible bounty of, of treasures like the Rangers do, for example, to maybe make a push for a Jack Eichel at some point. The only way you're getting one of those guys is through the draft. The only way you're getting someone in the draft is to be really bad, right? So that's one, that's one argument for a rebuild. Um, but the other problem for Columbus is, is retaining that talent. I mean, the names that you just read from that team that pulled the, the Tampa Bay upset, I mean, yeah. they all left. And, and in Dubois' case, you know, just stopped playing in order to make sure that he could leave. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know what you find when you open the hood and look, on, look inside at the machinery of this team to figure out why this keeps happening. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the market. I don't know if it's the management. I don't know if it's the lack of, of overall success. I don't know what it is. But until you can figure that out, you know, it's not even worth – going in the tank and trying to get one of these great young players if they're just going to want to leave, you know, three or four years later.
4: Yeah, Greg, I think that's ob- that's, ob- that's the biggest insecurity of Blue Jackets fans is the fact that you feel like you're almost the Oakland Athletics in the NHL yeah. to where you find guys and then they they leave you. Um, Panarin is one thing because you traded for him. You knew it wasn't a certain that he was going to be here. Um, but... it. it is the PLD one almost more damaging because you did identify him? And I know a lot of the talk around it. And you talked to when we talked to Jody Shelley or some of the guys who who played. The thought of a young, you know, like a really young player, basically forcing his hand, you know, when you found him, you developed him. He's supposed to be part of your future. Just saying, no, nah, I'm not going to play. I'm going to leave. It won't tell you why. That that can't ring true. It can't, it can't be a good sign, I guess, for the rest of the NHL. Young players saying, oh. Things are, yeah, I want to go to Columbus as an option when I'm free, when a young player who's been groomed and you found, those should be
2: the guys that you should have long-term, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think back to the way that he played in the bubble, um, I don't know many people that saw that performance and said, oh, yeah, he, he's just, I mean, he's gone. You know, like he was playing yeah. so well that you, you looked at it and you said, okay, this is the guy that is going to be kind of your Jonathan Taves I mean the guy who steps up in big spots the guy who can be a leader the guy that you kind of can build your your team around um, in, in a lot of ways and then all of a sudden he just opts out and so you know I think part of the part of the problem with trying to figure out if that perception is going to end up hurting the team is that we like we said we simply don't know what the factors were like for example, you take a kid like Jacob Truba from, from Winnipeg who wanted out of Winnipeg and and, uh, and went to the Rangers. Well, he, he wanted to do that for a very specific family reason. Um, and then that became clear. There had been talk for years about him wanting out of Winnipeg, and we all thought it's because he hated Winnipeg. Well, it turned out there was another reason. So, until we really get closure on Dubois and understand the dynamics of, of his departure, I don't know how much it's going to resonate with, with other players around the league. If he comes out and says, look, it's it's a cancerous organization with a horrible head coach. I mean, that's not good, right? But like, (laughs) but like if, if, if if it's kept vague, I don't know what that does necessarily to the marketplace looking at Columbus as a, as a possible destination. Let's say it's a free agent.
3: Yeah, and I'll get you out of here on this one, Greg. And I, I was thinking back as we've done a lot of, of of kind of reflecting on on t- what happened after Tampa, and uh, you know, obviously in one summer you lose Panarin, Bob, and that got a lot of the attention. But the other thing that was there was John Davidson, and John Davidson, as you know, is such a a smooth operator. And such, he gave so much legitimacy to this organization. And Yarmouk Ekalainen is great at identifying talent and all of those things. But John had an ability to have a soft touch. And I am wondering if his loss we didn't give the right proper
2: attention to. Oh, I think he's a glue guy. I think, I thought he was a glue guy in, in St. Louis. I thought he was a glue guy yeah. in, in in Columbus and and really an important person at the top of your organization and then you know he goes to New York and then all of a sudden like this massive rebuild that they were going to have, you know, over the course of the several seasons, you know, ends within like two seasons and now they're turning the corner. Um that's not to put it all on John Davidson, but but to say that, sure. you know, it's it's some of a part of the of the total sum. Where I find Davidson interesting is you know, he was one of the big advocates for Tortorella when, when he was there. I mean, when they hired him, um, you know, they, they, they bought him on, um, and, uh, and it was a massive sea change for the organization. Torts had been coming off a, a pretty rough time in Vancouver. He was a big Tortorella guy. And I, and I do wonder from a Tort's perspective, look, you guys have read it. I mean, there, there's the, there is a perception out there in the coaching community that he might not want to be here anymore in, in Columbus. Um, whether that's true or false or, or where it's coming from, I don't know. But I do wonder behind the scenes, not only just for the players within the organization without J.D. being there, but also to not have J.D. there for torts. I wonder I wonder how the dynamics for John have changed behind the scenes as well. Not to say that that's a fact or not to say sure. that there's any truth to it, but I don't think that you can divorce the idea that one of your biggest advocates in the organization, you know, walked out the door a couple of years ago and, and now, you know, the situation is what it is.
3: Yeah. Good stuff as always, Greg. Appreciate you.
2: Anytime. Thanks. All
3: right. Greg Wyshynski covers the NHL for ESPN. And uh, always some good insight there uh, on that front on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Time for your officially endorsed three things. It is a first Friday. It's coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan.
1: If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics. The Fan. The fan. Ohio's sports destination. It's first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis.
3: All right, it is a first Friday. Let's hit your officially endorsed, hit it, Chopper.
2: You drink for the wrong reasons.
6: My generation, we drink because it's good.
2: Because it feels better than unbuttoning your collar. Because we deserve it. We drink because it's what men do.
3: I'm going to use today's opportunity to vouch for a spring and summer mixer uh, that I always have on hand, and uh, so a lot of people uh, like the Bloody Mary uh, as as a uh, you know a breakfast cocktail, these type of things uh, at the beach. I find the viscosity of it to be it's too thick. I don't like the thickness of it. Uh, it's a tough drink. So, what I prefer is something that we uh, that, that we used to drink a lot of in Montana is actually a Canadian drink, which is called a Bloody Caesar, and it's been unofficially endorsed before. Mm. But it's it's limiting to make it just a, a a mixture with vodka. So, I make this and I have it at the ready. So, it's clamato juice, um, which is a tomato, clam, salty, tomatoy deliciousness. So it's, you take that, and I put it in a container, and then I put uh, two heavy um, shakes of Worcestershire sauce, about three or four shakes of Tabasco, and then I always have celery salt to rim the glass. Now, I don't just use this with vodka. In fact, I don't drink much vodka at all, almost never. Um, you can use it in a bloody beer. You can use it with a Modelo or a Corona or a Tecate or a Coors. You can use this certainly with uh, bourbon if you'd like, a bloody bourbon. Would work great with that. Works great with tequila if you're a tequila drinker. Mm. Have this one ready. It's a pro tip. Have this mixer ready for you because it's springtime. I enjoyed a few of these over over some Modelo's over the weekend on vacation, and I think you will as well, and it is. You're officially endorsed.
1: Time for three things. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurenitis. Sponsored
6: by Custom Air. Custom
1: Air. Custom Solutions. Custom Comfort. Tough lesson for uh, Black Cobra
3: yesterday. First first day back at uh, basketball practice for the AAU team. Uh, We missed two practices because we were on vacation. So he went from being, you know, kind of a starter guard guy to backup post player. And... I had to explain to him that, you know, these things happen, you miss practice, and, you know, these things kind of happen, but uh, this was his first little lesson in, and you may say, is nine years old too early for this lesson? I don't know. Uh, but this is the reality, so we, we had to have that talk yesterday, that if you miss the practice, there there are penalties, even at age yeah.
4: nine. Yeah, well, at least that's AAU. My dad used to institute those rules and just <laughs> school stuff, and this is like back in like T-ball. Yeah. No, you miss, <laughs> you're not is... playing, but coach, everyone's supposed to play. Yeah, well, he'll get the eighth inning. There's only seven <laughs> innings. Well, that's too bad. Anyway, um, <laughs> like, oh, my amazing. gosh. Looking back, I I was brainwashed. Like, God, how could these people go on vacation? <laughs> Losers. Yeah. Be committed to the team. And then now, like, being here now with kids, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, that's a little harsh. But I'm like, yeah. oh, Animal was worse. Anyway, my first thing, um, truly amazing. Um. So yesterday, I'm I'm outside with London after school. She goes, Dad, I know why Hayden is always difficult. I'm like, yeah, honey, why is that? Well, it's because she has Satan in her head. I said, what? She goes, yeah. You know, like when we make bad choices, it's because Satan's in our head. And so that's why Hayden's always bad, because Satan's always in there. Jeez. And I said, well, she does go to a Presbyterian, you know, pre-kindergarten. Uh, I'm like, and I'm sure that's kind of the theory of like the devil and the works. of. I'm like, the fact that she correlated that with, with Sissy being difficult as satan always in her head i kind of actually tried to turn my head and laugh a little bit and i had to go in and tell cersei because i was there's more that's pretty good
5: my first one we've talked about it before that like the ncaa seems like it's falling apart that it's just holding itself together for the last little bits it can squeeze out of this monopoly they've had in college sports and it's not doing well well at least the priorities are straight as everything's you know falling down They are currently suring a urology center over their use of vasectomy mayhem as a trademark to promote vasectomies, I guess, because it's too close to the NCAA's March mayhem, which is not even the main one. They only trademarked that one because they didn't like people being close to March Madness, so they had to trademark March mayhem as well, the one they don't even officially use. Priorities for the NCAA.
3: Yeah. Well, when money's involved, that's where the priority is. Number two for me, I've received three phone calls in the last week uh, begging me to coach T-ball. Now, I have coached baseball. I double coached football and basketball for the 9- and 7-year-old, both. And I feel like I deserve some time away to take a Mm -hmm. season off. Yeah. The league that they are asking me to coach is Bootsy's first foray into baseball.
1: Mm. Amazing.
4: (sighs) You might need more than the first Friday, my friend. My second thing, um, London then goes on to say, you know, like at school, I had Satan in my head when I was looking at other kids' papers during math. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa what? She, she goes, yeah, I was making a bad decision. I was, you know, I'm like, she's going to use this over and over and over. Oh, yeah. So we had to have a little bit of a theology lesson. But it was also more than that. It was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I just skipped past all that stuff so said, hold on, why are you looking at other kids' papers during math, London? You're good at math my goodness it starts already kids man. cheating on tests already
5: my second one uh we got the wedding photos they're all done and everything so we got the official you know online album and stuff and we're going through them j-lo looks beautiful it was great it looked like people had a good time despite restrictions and stuff and there were some great action shots of my van halen air guitar so i'm very excited yes. about that
3: very very good finally for me my wife yells as if she's just found like $1,000 in the sofa, and it's some sort of big success. I go out of the office. I said, What's going on? She goes, I put a toilet seat on.
4: That's where we're at. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> oh, Jeez. man. I love it. My, <laughs> my last thing yesterday, I'm going to get London with Hayden in the back seat um, just because she's not, you know, she's still on her teacher's in quarantine but I'm thinking she has a fake test because she actually gets to go back Monday so I think it was a no and a false but anyway regardless I'm with the Hayden spending great quality time driving and I go Hayden you know how much daddy loves you and loves spending time with you I love you honey I know dad okay (laughs) (laughs) alright then I love you too no I know dad thanks alright no, I was trying to be cute, but that's good.
5: Last one from me real quick. Uh, kudos to Chris Holtman. He continues to do everything right. Apparently he was instrumental in making sure that there were uh, a few senior members of the nut House in the building on the shot on yes. Saturday for Senior Day so that they got to, you know, Kyle Young and C.J. Walker got to hear from some of their their peers cheering them on in the senior section on Senior Day. Yeah, that was certainly awesome.
3: Enjoy your first Friday, everybody. Make sure you act accordingly. Rothman and Ice up next. Bishop and is right here on The Fan.